This is Advanced Listening, the podcast that definitely tried to get twist on the fucking tape. The podcast that's 37 in dog years. The podcast that mouthfucked your mom with your hosts, Nooch and Orion. Too much, and I stop. What? Hey, yeah. We're recording. We're not oh, dark. Oh, okay. Well, hey, time step out for me. It goes. Stop it! You stop it! I am the obnoxious one. <laughs> I do the obnoxious shit. You don't do the obnoxious shit. I get to do the obnoxious shit. Listen, for those of you who don't know, uh, we got hooked up fat with Elon Musk money. I, I'm not at liberty to say what I did to acquire this money. It was definitely feed a small baby to an alligator. He, gave, he fed a baby to an alligator. Look, Elon likes to watch children get mauled by wild monsters. So we kidnapped a small baby and fed it to an alligator. Don't tell anybody. This is in no way an admission of guilt, by the way. No, no. This is what we like to call sarcasm. Yeah, <laughs> sarcasm. Uh, uh, sarcasm. Officer, it's just sarcasm, officer. Dot, dot, dot. But your honor, your honor, we were just being sarcastic. So, uh, yeah, in case you can't tell but immediately, we we do have a, a new setup. Uh, we have a new studio that we bought with Elon Musk money. That didn't, by the way. It didn't involve feeding babies to anything. There is, there are shiny fucking buttons. It's too many goddamn everywhere. buttons. There are so many shiny buttons, and I want to fucking press the buttons. Don't. Just don't. Because but, but our new producer is actually looking at me shaking his head. We have a new producer. His name is Tristan. Tristan is from California. Fucking Tristan. Nooch does not like Tristan because Tristan is good at his job. Oh, is he? Yes, he is. Is he? Just sound quality alone. He's so much better than Steve. Look, we recently found out Steve was recording us on a goddamn Nokia flip phone that doesn't even have the internet. So how the fuck he uploaded this shit to the internet is beyond me. Yeah, but Orion, at least he was trying. Oh, fuck his trying, little piece of shit. Steve is now um, been downgraded to what we like to refer to as uh, Steve work. <laughs> Steve is... A- Steve is uh, uh, a combination janitor, bowl packer, water bringer, uh, coffee cup filler, dog wrangler, dog wrangler, door answerer for Amazon packages that my wife orders and never tells me about. Yeah, yeah. Oh, and glass cleaner so that I can uh, stare at this dude's ugly mug. Yeah, and occasionally I just make him hold my dick while I piss. I, I'm gonna leave that one alone. So, no, you can leave it alone all you want. Steve of, won't. And speaking of holding my great big dick, it's corn week, dude. Ah, corn on a cob. Did you cream all, corn? Did you all do your homework? Corn niblets. I did my homework and then some. I went and did extra credit. I started moving past the uh, albums that we decided to work on. The first five. 
and uh, and did a little extra credit. See, I didn't do that. And and I'm going to tell you right now that I don't believe you because every time I checked in with you this week, you were listening to like fucking George Thorogood or yes or what the fuck else were you bumping this week? You were bumping Ooh, yeah the who yeah you, you bumped the who Ooh, you were bumping Ooh, everything. You were bumping everything except for corn. That song has the funkiest, grooviest little dome. Doesn't it though? Dome. Dome. God, that's a good fucking who song. <coughs> we're down on the bottom. So I don't even know the lyrics to it. I'm just I'm just howling at the moment. Well, yeah, because he's like, and I will wanna get up there. Cena. He's like Eddie Vedder. We're with John Cena. Now we know who inspired Eddie Vedder. No, no, no. Eddie Vedder, Eddie Vedder is Bono's gay little brother. I told you there was two words you're not allowed to say on this fucking podcast, and you just said Bono. What was it? Was it gay? No. Or Bono? God damn it. <laughs> Well, you don't, you don't like Bono. You know, like the worst thing that could ever happen. Sunday, bloody Sunday. Would be like Bill Paxton making a cameo in a Bono or in a YouTube video. Can you imagine how angry Nooch would be? Jesus if, Christ. If Stop. Bill Paxton Stop. and Bono Stop. hooked up to do a YouTube song with Eddie Vedder. Are you done? No. <laughs> Let's talk about corn. While man. all of them take turns making out with Ellen Hunt. Oh, oh I quit. <laughs> I quit. It's, it is now advanced listening with your host, Stephen O'Reilly. I'm fucking out. I, I am not making Steve. Tristan, you've just been, uh, you've been promoted from producer you, to okay, host in 10 minutes. I'll stay. That's what I thought. I will, I'll, I'll stay. <laughs> he, despise, he despises you, Tristan. Whatever. Okay, so... Tristan just has a middle finger in the air while he stares at the fucking board continuing to do his job. What the fuck? Unlike ever. Steve, who just has this confused, bewildered look way, on his face. Can we say anything about the asshole smoking in the production booth? You know that's really bad for electronics, right? Like, he's got I his sun... give a shit. He's got his sunglasses on and shit. Like, okay, let's talk about corn. I'm, I'm gonna quit. I'm about to quit. <laughs> You're just mad because Tristan upped the fucking production value so considerably. Yeah. And, and... And not unlike myself, he is a pretentious, righteous cack. What the fuck ever. Who knows that he's better at his job than everybody else. We'll see about that. So, let's talk about 1994, Orion. Let us talk about 1994. Isn't that when Ice-T put out Cop Killer? Somewhere around there. Actually, I want to say it was 92. Am I wrong about that? Was it 92, 93? Either way, like, I feel like hip-hop was at the height of its angry middle finger phase. Yeah. In the, in the, like, you know, 92, 93, and, 94, you get, you get so much angry yeah. hip-hop. Pa- and not even just hip-hop. You get, like, Pantera's doing their thing. Right. Like, it's, it's, There's a lot of rage. A lot There's of rage. a lot of anger. But the, oh, and Rage Against the Machine comes out in, like, 92. Right. Um, but a lot of the rage is really, it's so masculine is a good word for it, I guess. Um, it's, it's very, you know, like, whenever you think about metal in the early 90s, you're thinking about, like... Hard-hitting, heavy fucking bands. Like, Pantera is the first thing that really comes to mind. And just think about the whole vibe of them. They're very manly, very Pantera. Pantera is is the... Pantera is the musical equivalent of 
party truck guy. Right. And then insert <laughs> Jonathan fucking Davis. And this album specifically, <laughs> which is not, this album. It's, by the way, we skipped it. It's the Corn self-titled album. It is their is their first. The self. Album. Say it right. It's the self-titled debut as goddamn God intended. Yeah, he's, the Lamb of God does not like it when you name your fucking fifth album after your band. I like how I like how we went straight to Lamb of God. I could talk about them again, by the way. The Lamb of God who takes away the sins of shitty metal. Happy are thee who is called to their mosh pit, for they truly shall have eternal neck pains from headbanging. <laughs> you know what's funny? Wait, never mind. Oh, we're getting in the weeds. So yeah, th- that's the Lamb of God prayer. By the way, I say that prayer every time I bring up the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of shitty metal. I'm actually pretty sure you opened the Lamb of God episode with that. I, I it's 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 not. It, I wouldn't surprise me. <laughs> Um, so what was really cool, though, let's focus for a second. What's really cool focus. is whenever, when this album came out, and this is a conversation you and I had whenever we decided to do Corn. I think this is one of the inspiring attributes that brought us this way, is that it's different. It's like, it's showing a different side of the rage. It was, Corn's first album gave people like me, who were really in a lot of pain and just angry at, at everything and, and, and surrounded by quote manly men who continuously like to and remind you that, you know, emotions are for pussies. Or as we like to call them gatekeepers. Yeah. So when corn comes out, corn, that album in 94 gave me permission to feel feelings in a genuine way. Right, it made it. It made me feel like it was okay to fucking be sad and be upset and be in pain and be emotional about things without feeling like I'm a like a fucking Nile. You're not a man. You know what I mean? And like, because he did it in such an angry way. That is such a goddamn heavy, hard album. And then you get to the end of the album, and dudes are just crying their eyeballs out. You know what I mean? Yeah. The whole band is just crying in the booth. Because it was, it, it made it okay to feel, you know what I mean? And, Whereas Pantera was like, bitch, I'll fuck you up if you feel feelings. And now, don't get me wrong, we're not coming down on Pantera. What we're acknowledging oh, I like Pantera. is the duality. But at the time, but at the time, you had Corn Guy and you had Pantera Guy. Right. You know what I mean? Yes. And Pantera Guy was very much the guy I did not like. You know what and I mean? I, I didn't want to hang out honestly, with Pantera, Pantera Guy. Honestly, Pantera Guy is still the guy you don't like. Right? right? Like, I like Pantera. <laughs> God Pantera. damn if I don't like Pantera fan. Pantera guy pisses me off. That's, see, now you kind of know where I'm at with Tool and Tool guy. Yeah. yeah. No, it's I got where you were at with Tool and Tool guy. You know what Fucking I mean? Tool. And I have Tool guy-like tendencies. You know tendencies. who's Tool guy? Let's, let's, let's make full circle. Fucking Tristan is Tool guy. All right? Tristan is Tool and guy. look at him. Tristan, look, look. I went through Tristan's hey, fucking Tristan, music hey, collection. look at me. Look at me. You make me sick. He, Oh, he gave you the archer finger. <laughs> Whatever. He gave you the archer Shut finger up. and just kept on rolling. Just keep going. He don't give a fuck. Whatever, I'm listening to you. I went, I went and looked through Tristan's music collection. A lot of Perfect Circle, P- Tool, Pussifer. You know what I mean? Pinback. He's got no, no pinback. Yeah, I bet no he does. Pinback. No. In fact, we have about we had no. about a ten minute conversation about pinback he, guy. He listens to pinback. His brother is a huge pinback fan. His brother, Alabashes, is a huge, <laughs> okay, huge wait. pinback fan. So what we're fan. talking about, goddammit, is the duality. 
Um, because like in finally when corn comes out, you you can acknowledge your daddy issues. You can acknowledge the fact that you were fucking picked on in school. And I don't mind, dude. I'll put that shit. I was a fucking loser in school, dude. Like I tried way too fucking hard and had too much energy that I didn't know how to focus. <laughs> you know, like I was not liked at all. And like I don't know. I just think it was really cool. Now I I wasn't. Keep in mind when this happened, I didn't know corn yet in '94. I don't even think I had a real taste in music at all in 94. Well, how old were you in 94? Mm, eight. Yeah, see, I'm, uh, what, 13 in 94. Oh, shit. See, in 13 is when I found issues. I'm not trying to jump ahead, but that's when that happened Right, but how me. old were you, how old were you when you found Slipknot self-title? 13. Yeah. Yeah. You see what I'm saying? So you start... No, it's just no, a generational gap. No, I was 15 because that, that album came out in 2000. 99. No, okay. Yeah, I was 15. So... But either way, it becomes this generational gap because that first that first Slipknot album did for you what the first Corn album did for me. And this is it that Corn album. It expanded my musical horizons something dramatically. And it's such... You know, what, you know what's really cool about this album? That you immediately lose in the next album. And I'm not talking shit. It's just something that, that you, you lose. As you make it as a band, you start to make more money. And whenever you make more money, your production value goes up. And whenever you look back and fucking listen to this album, as good as it is, you can hear... It's the, so raw. It's raw, dude. It's, it's, it's so raw. And there's nothing I fucking hate more it's than not an raw. overproduced album. It's not raw in the way, like, the first two Lamb of God albums sound like they were mixed in a garage. No. But it is, it is an incredibly, like, just violently raw yeah. album. You know what I mean? You're looking at, at, at songs like Clown, Clown and Predictable. You know, the, you know the original name of Clown is, is called Fuck You Go Back to Bakersfield because he's, he's doing a show in Los Angeles and a guy from Bakersfield that he had seen at other corn shows tried to take a swing at Jonathan Davis while he was on stage, <laughs> right? He then proceeded to get his ass beat by the crowd and they wrote a song and it was called Fuck You Go Back to Bakersfield. That song would eventually become Clown. Let's talk about the music video for Clown for a second. Uh, it is it is very much the idea of what you were talking about the the outcast in high school who eventually turns around to bitch slap everybody with giant middle fingers and say hey hey the, okay there's this there's this ongoing theme in that music video that I absolutely adore these three cheerleaders yeah who are clearly laughing at Jonathan Davis because he's a weirdo because he's a freak because he's who he is right they're clearly the pretty girls who are just like fuck you <laughs> right and they're laughing at him and they're laughing at him but by the end of the video they all got corn tattoos why why because the same fucking people who were laughing at at the weirdness and the and the strangeness and the emotionality of Jonathan Davis and and the members of Corn in high school where the same people three years later are going, wow, you guys are amazing and getting corn tattoos, you fucking yeah. righteous cunt. You know what's funny about that is like, uh, moving on real quick, but still on the same subject, the song Faggot really fucking, it, it, it hit, it kind of hit home with me because as 
Like, and I don't mind putting this out there. I don't give a fuck. As a fucking kind of a loser whenever I was uh, coming up in middle school and shit like that. Like, I've always been a little bit more feminine than the jocks, you know? It just it just came out that way. Now, I am a, you know, comfortable heterosexual male, like, straight up. Uh, but I can't tell you how many times I was called gay or asked if I was gay or girls were, like, interested in being my friends. And whenever they found out that I liked them, they were like, oh, I thought you were gay. <laughs> that actually happened to me, you know? And so to, like, hear this song, Faggot, to where it, like... Man, there's this breakdown at the end. Uh, there's this breakdown to where he does like the spoken word thing. And the amount of emotion that he puts into that is, it, dude, it's so genuine. You can't fake where he's, those where he's talking about Where he's talking about, I'm just pretty a pretty boy. boy. I'm not supposed to fuck the girl. Yeah, yeah. I'm just a pretty boy living in this fucked up. But then he does this He does this thing Where he's like You know where it ends with him being like And you can suck my dick and fucking like it Today son You better get off We don't want none I'm sick and tired of people treating me this way every day Who gives a fuck right now I got something to say To all the people that think them strange That I should be out of here locked up in a cage You don't know what the hell's up now anyway You got this pretty boy feeling I'm enslaved to a world that never appreciated shit. You suck my dick and fucking like it! And he falls into yes. his fucking his gibberish thing that he does, you know. That song is so fucking powerful. And I also want to point out the fact that you could name a song Faggot in 1994. And by the way, it is spelled F-A-G-E-T. And it's not it's not in any way like attacking anybody. It's him telling a fucking story. You know what I mean? It, he is he is the faggot in the story, yeah, by and, the way. Yeah, in 2020... But it, it's not faggot as in a gay slur. It's more faggot as in, like, just a pure insult to, to you know... Because in the 90s, in, in when you were in junior high and high school, that's just what dudes yeah, called yeah. dudes they thought were less now, manly. Even today, you know, we're a lot more aware with the, the negative connotation and et cetera, et cetera. So I get it why people wouldn't name a song that, but I just want to say in 94, you didn't have people burning your fucking house down because you, you know. Well, that's not true. That one kid had just been like beaten well, to death no, no, in the junior high over, bathroom no, no, or a high school I bathroom. over naming a song that. No, no, no. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Corn wasn't going to get canceled Right. For having a song named Faggot. What was going to happen was, is is people who felt like they were the subject of those songs were going to have an anthem to scream out and say, leave me the fuck alone. Right, and it was cool, You can dude. suck my dick and, and fucking, fucking like, like it. it. Oh, beautiful, dude. Um, okay, also, next track. I want to move on to the next track, Shoots and Ladders. This is the first real taste you get of Jonathan Davis isn't just emotionally broken. He's creepy as fuck. No, he's... He, that's also the first time you hear bagpipes in metal. Isn't that him? Doesn't he play the bag? Yeah, yeah, he plays the bagpipes. That's fucking ridiculous, dude. And by the way, you know he's what? good at it. It's, it's one of the most haunting metal additions, right? Like, you've got those those organ pianos that add that really cool fucking ambiance and shit. Dude, it's so good. You've got DJs scratching, which is really cool. But bagpipes in metal? Seriously? And it just fucking works, yo. Yeah. And shoots and ladders, what they do is they take a bunch of nursery rhymes 
and repurpose them in the most twisted, demented, and dark way possible. But he does not change a single word of no, any of the nursery rhymes. No, it's knick-knack, paddywhack, give a dog a bone. This old man came rolling home. Knick-knack, paddywhack, give a dog a bone. This old Marietta, little lemon's pieces white as snow, and then no Marietta, little lemon's pieces white as snow. He does that during the uh, that fucking uh, knickknack paddywhack thing. He says it twice. Give right? it to the And whenever he stops, whenever he stops, he's like, he's like, this old man came rolling all. It's like so intense, dude. <laughs> it's so intense. It is. But, it is. So just the whole album is good. But and then the but the fucking riff, the guitar riff. Oh yeah. Okay. For, first of all, I need to back the fuck up. Corn changed the game With by adding a fifth string to the bass and a seventh string to the guitar. It's so funny. I was actually talking to my that, wife about the tuning. That that D tune drop. It's, e, it's like, yeah, it's like with it's a seventh string. It. And they look, most seventh string guitars up into that point, the seventh string is on the higher end, right? It's a, it's a, it's a high they end. They don't sound, have notes right? like that. <laughs> what they did was they took a six string guitar, pushed it down, and added the low end bass string to the top of the guitar. So it's, it, they've added more bass and then they detune it into a drop E. It is the heaviest. Thickest sounding guitars of the 90s. Yeah, it, I mean, Pantera is is, is metal no as fuck. No one, no. But there's no, no one, one that is touching the thickness and those bass lines. Yeah. With that fifth string bass, yeah, was, that he, five string bass, he added he added a giant rope to the top <laughs> of his bass. Is what he and did. Basically, like it's it, it's honestly it's tuned so low that like if you were sitting around sound checking and you didn't know how to use this sound, which I you got to call them innovators on that part, bro, because like I said, that no one, I do. No not, one was detuned as as deep and as low now, as corn. Now, like since then, people now, have definitely discovered that and tried to play with it, right? But honestly, at this point, nobody touched it. Look, the Deftones used a seven string guitar, but. They had a seventh string at the bottom, so it was a high-end note, right? So it creates a different sound. Granted, they don't use the seventh string anymore, Deftones, and haven't since fucking uh, 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 Around the Fur. But what Korn did was the same thing, only deeper and lower. Yeah. They were like, how bassy can we fucking be? Yeah. Can we get bassier? Can we get deeper? And the, you know and what I mean? Could. And then, <laughs> and here's the other thing. A lot of people think that David Salvera... The drummer for Corn on the first album has a double kick drum. So he's No, this is by not the true. Way, you can, David plays you can go ahead. you can fact check all of this by going to the uh, you can look up uh, gear information for every album, any band that you ever has recorded an album. There is information somewhere that tells you every piece of equipment that is you down to the fucking guitar picks yeah, they're using literally down to the kind the of pickups the kind of mixer like, like the picking, producer has like how yeah. much what what kind of drumsticks the yeah. drummer is yeah using. they tell you everything all the equipment used and so and i can tell you right now ibanez used is what i'm getting at ibanez seven string guitars and an ibanez five string bass i could even tell you i because i have the same type of bass failed he had back in the day so let's but here's the thing yeah. there's no double bass drum in 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 that first corn album if you hear what sounds like a double kick drum, that what that is, is Fieldy's top bass string, his lowest end bass string, and he's playing it, and it sounds so fucking deep that you think it's a, a kick drum. 
I want to talk about Daddy. I don't. <laughs> that song is hard to listen to. Yeah. I haven't listened to that song in over a decade. You know what's funny? I, and I when just I was doing to it the other day, when I was doing my homework, I did, and I hate to admit this, you're gonna think I'm fucked up. But let me, dude, I have to explain, and I've said this a thousand times, so maybe I don't have to explain. If you don't, if you don't know me by now, you'll never fucking get it. Okay, it's. I love it when powerful emotion is conveyed through music, and especially when it's really successfully done. And yes, Orion, you're so fucking right. The song is hard to listen to, <laughs> but it's so good. It is a very good song. There are some breakdowns in that song that are just so fucking heavy. So fucking heavy. There are parts of that song that make me want to fucking headbang with a vengeance. Like whenever, and then, when he's screaming why at the end. Yeah. That, but, dun, but, dun. but there's... But there's there's such a heavy emotional weight to that song that it feels it feels wrong and and weird oh, to kind of headbang I, to it and enjoy I it. I call that the icky and it definitely will leave you with the icky. Yes. And I I get it. I get it. That's what that's whenever we did the Marilyn Manson episode, dude. That that collection left me with the icky for like a fucking day and a half. But this song is basically, uh, I'm going to give the short version because I don't, I'm not going to go into the sordid details, but something really bad happened to Jonathan Davis by his father and or... Not his father, it was his uncle. His uncle? Yeah, but uncle doesn't work as good as daddy. So someone did something terrible to the motherfucker and any... And, and mom was, not, and dude, his mother was look, aware. Look, his mother was aware. Love it or hate it, tragedy creates the best fucking art bro look good parents never produced good artists i can't i'm trying to argue that right now because you want to because it feels so egregiously wrong right. to say because right. i don't like blanket statements like that i really right don't. but give think me about one it. good artist that had great parents if you that were just sweet hey, and awesome if, and they had a wonderful childhood if you are a talented artist and it doesn't just have to be music i don't care if you, are a, Any art. if you are a talented artist that had a great childhood, please email please us. Please email us. At advanced, <laughs> advanced listening, listening pod. at Yahoo. Advanced listening pod at yahoo.com. Do it. Because I want to hear, hear about your great childhood. And you have to attach a verified example Some of, your art. of your art. Yeah. You can do that. Like, I want to hear it. It is a weird, it is a weird tightrope I walk with my children because I want I want my children. <laughs> to suffer a little bit so that there's they're just more interesting people you know what i mean like oh i don't want to be a dick parent to my kids up, i don't want to give my kids a shitty childhood but i want them to suffer a little bit because suffering brings out the best in people it does you know what i mean it, does. it really it, it it creates it creates character stuff like that i i feel you so wait let's move on a little bit Okay, but before we move from the first album to Life is Peachy, yeah. I do want to talk about Predictable. Because Predictable, listen, Predictable was my first favorite corn song. Really? Yes. I got this album. I'm listening to it all the way through. The first song that I had to re-listen to that just blew my tits away, that my, my fucking jaw's on the floor, and I'm just like, what? Rewind that motherfucker was Predictable. That intro where it's two slightly off guitars that almost sound like an echo of each other, 
that doom 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 and then the second guitar is slightly off from the first just like a half a note off whole song and then you get to the uh you get to the breakdown of that yeah. song it is special is that predictable it is special is that is are yes. you sure where where it's yes where it's that soft single note guitar right and then it goes into the dual guitars playing the really crunchy version of that same okay, riff yeah, you're right it is amazing it's my favorite. It's my first favorite corn song. It's probably my favorite corn song still to this day. It is one of the only songs that I cannot pass up. I just can't. When that song comes on, I'm like, I'm in. I'm in. I'm in. I fucking love that song. All right. All right. And I, uh, you know, arguably I'm a lot. So predictable. A lot, of real, a lot of diehard corn fans would tell you that their first album is their favorite. Uh, I'm, Cause I'm it not is. one of them. It is Helmet in the Bush, Lies, fucking Fake. Fake's a really good I song. I mean, Fake, dude, you get divine. Bald Tongue is a song that is so easily forgotten on that, on that album. Bald Tongue is, dude, Bald Tongue. Bald Tongue is an amazing, you put Bald Tongue on Life is Peachy, it's the best song on that album. Put it on Follow the Leader, it's the best song on that album. But that first album is so fucking good, you'll lose track of Ball Tongue. When I was re-listening to that first album this week, I got to Ball Tongue, I was like, holy shit, that's right. Oh, yeah. How do you forget about this fucking song? And I got to, ag- Ball Tongue! I got to acknowledge uh, the thing I always like to acknowledge because for me, it's a test of how an album is put together, first and last, baby. So this album opens with Blind, which is probably the most iconic, no, it is the most iconic track on the album. Right. Blind. Blind is the greatest Intr- opening a, yeah, yeah. song. So this song, of I'm all so time. passionate about Horn doing this. But I swear to God, this might be the band that made me feel this way. Because what a way to introduce yourself to the world. It's so slow. It's just that hi hat. And then, you know, you even, dude, even people that aren't that baseline, fans, mm. they know Are You Ready? Everybody knows Are You Ready? Yeah. And then that subtle just... It is, um... It is... I think it's the best first song intro ever. It might be the greatest opening song. Like, if you go see Corn Live and they don't play blind to open the show, it would make my heart hurt. You know, uh, Orion and I are talking about potentially seeing Korn uh, with uh, System of a Down. Faith No More! Faith No More, System of a Down. Faith No More! And uh, who else? Helmet. Helmet. Yeah, Helmet, Faith No More. Anyway, we're talking, that's like May 2021, and I'm so scared. I've never seen Korn. Is the cajo? Is cajo? Well, you know, you fucking call me the cajo. Okay. So for those who don't know, it's just one of these weird fucking things. All right, pull yourself together, Orion. I can't. We're talking about the first corn album. I love this album. You want to do 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 the whole album, but 
I do. If you want more than Orion, he's gonna. Tristan's looking at me like, dude, I love you, but I will edit you out. <laughs> he's a. He's um. He, if you, I actually got Tristan to laugh. That's the first time I've ever seen Tristan that's because laugh. Because he fucking uh, likes you. I know. Steve is Steve is seriously is crying, and has been since we started recording. We will. Hey, champ. Hey. Keep your head up, bud. We'll talk. Hey, shh. No, don't, don't keep your head up. Sweep the fucking floor. You need your head down to sweep so, the floor. Um, if you want to hear Orion's non-vocalized versions of... I will mouth organ that entire fucking album. You can check us out on Spotify with Advanced Listening <laughs> Season <laughs> 1. It's a lot better than that. All right, all right, all right. So life... Two years. <laughs> two years. Could you imagine waiting two years for this, by the way? You did, I guess. I did. Yeah, you did. I, dude, you know how early I was on to corn? We saw corn in Bakersfield in 94, four months after this first album came out at a tiny ass little club in Bakersfield. Me and my cousin Brandon go down there, yeah. right? We're fucking 13 years old. We're in this tiny ass little club in Bakersfield that we should not have been allowed to go and be a, be inside because it was a fucking bar, right? We go down and could, both of us watched this band because both me and my cousin had fucking uh, gotten that first album and we're just in love with it, right? And the only and you know, well, I think it was like seven months later we end up seeing Corn and the Deftones up in Sacramento. I mean. So much good shit on that first album, right? And then, because like I said, man, onto that fucking band from day one, essentially. Right, yeah? as soon as you heard it, I don't, I, if you're even into that kind of music, it's hard to not be on the bus immediately. And then, and then, and then I have to wait and wait and wait. <laughs> and the whole time, and the whole time, I'm like, what is this twist? And why do they want to put it on the fucking tape? I don't and get it. And they did. Please explain. They put it on the tape. And then I get Life is Peachy. I remember getting Life is Peachy the day after it came out. It was like day okay, two, right? right? And my mother is driving me back from the warehouse music on McHenry, where I had purchased that motherfucker. Because okay. while she was working out at the YMCA, I had ran and around to the fucking warehouse music. This is so sad for me to say. I got to jump in real quick. This is 96, so I don't even really get a taste for heavier music for three more years. But go ahead. Yeah, I'm already I'm already nuts deep yeah, into this yeah. shit. I'm a ten year old right now. I sat in the fucking uh, uh, outside of the like little hall where my mother was doing her little workout class at the YMCA for forty five minutes reading the fucking booklet of Life Is Peachy. Right? I love dude. Waiting I love to, reading the books, dude. I all the thank yous, all the thank yous. Trying to like, oh, he's thanking Cheeto. That's the guy for the Deftones. Oh, he's thank. Who the fuck is Fred Durst? Didn't matter. <laughs> anyway, still doesn't. um, it still doesn't. <laughs> we had a conversation recently about how Limp Biscuit should replace Fred Durst and bring back Wes Borland, and they should call themselves Hard Biscuit or Biscuits and Gravy. That's what it was. It was they need a singer whose last name is Gravy, so they could be called Biscuits and. Or gravy. they could just call the guy Gravy, like they called uh, either they way call the guy from Static X, the new guy from Static X. They call him Zero because that's what. Yeah, he is. no, no, you're a Zero. He's a fucking Zero. Anyway, okay. 
I fucking sat there and read this booklet for like 45 minutes waiting to get into the car, right? My mother wouldn't let me put the CD in the car because I don't want to hear that shit. So I had to wait the half an hour drive home in addition to the 45 minutes. The whole time I saw that twist at track one, I was like, they put it on the fucking tape. Shit. 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 And, you could. and then I get home. I get home. That's my best news impersonation, by Pretty the way. Good. I get home. I put that motherfucker in. And you know what I got? The weirdest off the wall version of metal scatting mm-hmm. I have ever heard in my life. And I, you're not right. So I'm, you're not right. I can I'm actually not. imagine right now, uh, anybody that's listened to this that's never heard this song, I wish I could be you hearing this for the first time because you're going to hear it. It's so you weird. You got to hear it. It's so you weird. You're not right. I'm not right. I'm not It is like, like jazz, the scat man, right? Skibbity-dop-bap-bidip. Only but it's metal. Metal. Yeah, and it's really it's good. Metal scatting. It's metal scatting. It's so weird. You know, I, it was funny, and I hate to admit this, Twist. but I didn't know what to call it all this time until I just heard you say that. I did not know what to call what he was doing, but that's what he's doing. He's, he's scatting. scatting. Yeah. Uh, but he's doing it in the most... Dude, and it's so cool. It's impressive. That's that's what's cool about it. Is like... In, oh, oh, oh. I used to impress girls at high, in high school. Because I knew how to do that whole fucking song, and I could. The whole fucking song, and in that voice. Oh, man, and I imagine in the 90s. It was my, it was in, my interesting human party trick. And, and, like, at parties, people would ask me to do it, and I would do it, and then, like, girls would flirt with me afterwards. Because, you know, the funny thing is, is everybody around, uh, everybody thought they could do it. Right? Nobody could do it. It's like everybody thinks they can do that that thing from down with the sickness. I, I have enough self-awareness uh, to know that I, I didn't know. And keep in mind, I had to backtrack. But I went through all this, too. It's funny to hear you talk about this because I went through it in a sense just a few years later. You know what I mean? Right. Like, because, I, dude, when I went through Life is Peachy, that's what's great. Is like, please keep in mind, I have such... This is something Orion and I talked about. Is like, even though I was late, I connected with Corn so fucking hard. And the fact that I had two albums to go back and... No, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Three albums to go back and, and find afterwards. It was like this plethora of this band that I loved. And they had anthems yes. to everything. They had anthems to everything. And I will never forget the first time I heard Twist. Because I didn't... The, the CD that I had for Life is Peachy didn't have uh, a fucking a case or a book or anything. It was just the disc. Right? And I didn't know what that song was called. And the internet wasn't Twist. as convenient as it is now. And I was like, what? Twist. I know. I couldn't put that math together. But I was like, that song. That song Twist. where that dude's just like fucking screaming like a demon all weird. Like, what is happening? It was, I don't know, man. It was just, it was really Four. cool. Ding, ding, and then, of course, ding, Adidas. Ding, ding, like, ding, if Adidas wasn't an okay. anthem for you, then you all day were under I a dream rock. about sex. Right. If you never yeah. said that, you're, or at least heard it. Everybody, everybody, if you went to high school between the years of 1996 and nine and 2001, you definitely referred to Adidas as all day I dream about sex. That is a really good window because you nailed it there. That's the window. Yeah. If you- Everybody, everybody knew Adidas in 98. Everybody. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. Look, 
just, just there's a song called "Good God" on Life Is Peachy. Oh yeah, and it became "Good God" was my anger anthem because there were so many just cock gobblers at my high school. You know what I mean? Like, I'm sure everybody, every high school has cock gobblers, but I was I much like you, I was an incredibly weird kid, yeah. right? Unlike you, I didn't give two shits that these people thought I was weird. I didn't care at all. I I didn't fucking care. I played into it and leaned in. You know me, man. How obnoxious am I? If you tell me... Not at all. If you tell me I'm weird, guess what? I'm going to fucking lean into that, and I'm going to lean into it hard. When you... But that didn't mean it didn't upset me and it didn't hurt me. You know what I mean? Right, of course. To just be ostracized and, and, and belittled by everybody. But, but... I have such a lack of fucks to give that if you do it in front of me, I'm gonna fucking do it in an incredibly aggressive way. An anti-passive aggressive. You know what I mean? Uh, Good God. Good God, in the middle of it, is just, why don't you get the fuck out of my face? Oh yeah, dude. Now, don't you get the fuck out of my face? No. Yeah. And And it just keeps building and building and building. And And by the time the, the quote drop, comes it is so much song is a bit much to listen to if you're not angry like if you're not angry it's uh, actually it's a harder listen to it is one of those few metal songs because i always hate it whenever people say that listening to heavy music makes them angry i mean i get it i get it but i well that song will make you angry that song will make you angry yeah dude yeah actually you know what the whole three i'm looking at the track list right now uh six seven and eight all three of those. Good God, Mr. Rogers, and K at sign, pound sign, star oh, percent oh, sign, oh, exclamation oh. point. Fuck you, titty sucking, yeah, yeah, two bald yeah, bitch yeah, with yeah. a fat green clip. Yeah. You big con hotto bitch. Yeah. Oh shit, it is fucking ass licking, piss sucking, it is, cunt weaseling, hey, okay, nut okay, sung whore okay, bitch. Okay. Wait, wait. Kentucky fried kung pao clits. Okay. That entire song is just expletives, <laughs> and it's, yeah, a it's lot of it doesn't all make the bad any words. sense. He's not, no. he's not being cohesive. It's like a stream no. of lewd consciousness. It is all the bad it's words. It's all the bad words. From multiple languages. Yeah, and he puts it in together in just like... Kentucky Fried Kung Pao Clips. Yeah, and that's... That's like the first. Wait, wait. That's like the first just, thirty just, seconds of the song. You know, Kentucky Fried Kung Pao. And this song is three minutes and two seconds long. Of him just saying horrible, horrible no, shit. That's great. I don't know what to say. But you, so what? Hey, you know, it also goes to show, though. Once again, you remember whenever I was talking about him? Don't. In the nineties. We cannot. By the way, we cannot gloss over Mr. Rogers. No, we're not. But continue. Yeah, you know, no, we're not. But it's it's really. Uh, the whole expletive thing it's like at this point in the 90s bands were getting attacked you know by parents and yeah shit. this is this is right after and so if this is not the a whole the two live crew thing yeah. with ooh 
me so horny. And and if you're not Tipper fucking Gore's punk ass. That cunt hey, hey, just like focus. went to goddamn Congress to say that they're using the fuck word in music, and, man. And this is this is right in the heat of that. This is 1996. Yeah. This is right in the heat of it. That is Jonathan Davis on the attack. Yes, and and here's the thing, and I don't think I don't think really people got that it would it would backfire so completely, but. Musicians were so against the idea of parental advisory stickers. Yep. And this is when it black and white. This is when it happened. Yeah, this is this is the first year where you're getting those black and white parental advisory stickers on on albums, right? Which and and I I, I, I swear to you, year. I don't I think it happened in 95. Okay, but either way, I think I don't think bands realized that it would backfire on on the people that wanted on the conservatives that wanted this shit in the first place. Because those black and white stickers became a, oh, I want to buy that album. Yep. You know what I mean? Yep. Like, I would go through fucking CDs, and I'd be like, oh, I'd like this album, but it doesn't have the black and white sticker on it, so it's probably lame. Which I'm going to look for the black there, and white sticker. There was this moment, I'm, I'm certain that we've mentioned this before on this podcast, but there was this moment where, uh, fuck, I forgot what I was saying. We're talking about the parental advisory stickers. Oh, yeah. There was this moment where you realized <laughs> that Walmart had, um, uh, the, where Walmart had the, uh, <laughs> fuck, where Walmart didn't sell parental oh. advisory things. Thank you. I'm sorry. I've been smoking a blunt. They still don't. Don't ever buy a sticker, it, uh, a, I didn't a CD know, from dude, Walmart. I actually, they it was an edited. insane clown posse CD. Could you imagine oh. buying that motherfucker from Walmart? No. It was ridiculous. Please tell me it wasn't like the amazing Jekyll Brothers with that one. F- Oh, with the fuck you song yeah. on it? How are you going to listen to the fuck you song that has 87 fucks in it? 93. Literally has... No, 93, you're right. 93 fucks in a single song, and you're going to buy that hey, album from you Walmart mean zero with no fucks. fucks in the song? Yeah, no, because that Walmart gives zero fucks. Yeah, I was so pissed off about that, dude. But so this I know, album, because Walmart gives zero fucks. This is about You know, don't gloss over my joke. I got Tristan laughing his ass off in the booth. Oh, I don't even And look, I know you're not laughing. I don't even look that I know way. you're not laughing just because he does. I'm not I know you purposefully don't laugh at everything Tristan's laughing it at. It wasn't funny. It was. Because they give you zero fucks. He's still yeah, laughing. Yeah. He thinks it's hysterical. It was okay. Alright. It was alright. You know what? Steve hey. doesn't get it. Steve is, has this really confused look on his face. He's like, what? I don't get it. Just sweep the floor, Steve. Fuck. All right. So here's what we'll do. Yeah. Let's, let's, let's. I want to talk about Mr. Rogers real quick. Yeah. Let's finish up with Life is Peachy. We'll get out. Yeah. We'll take a quick break. We'll reload the bongs. We'll come back. Hey, can we fire Tristan? No, right. we'll come back. We can fire Steve, though, because he's not even sweeping the floor. He's still trying to figure out the, the Walmart zero fucks joke. Shut up. So, Mr. We'll come Rogers. Back. We'll, do, we'll do follow the leader uh, issues and untouches. Yeah. Right? Yeah. But Mr. Rogers is, a, is one of the creepiest. It's, like, lyrically, it's one of the creepiest songs Korn does. And they have multiple, like, super creepy, like, songs about weird shadowy figures and small innocent children well i i don't know man i just i don't know man if you're a real corn fan you know what i mean by those two snaps by the, the way okay 
Mr. Rogers, it's just, for me, I love the song, because, it, like I said, it follows those three, like, Good God, Mr. Rogers, and then the x right? Right. But... No Place to Hide is good as yeah, well, Yeah, that's too. what I'm saying. I'm looking at the track list. That's why I got distracted. I was like, it's not those three. It's those it's three those and then No Place to Hide. Wicked's not not bad, but that's not, you know, there I am. Wicked is a, Wicked is a cover. It's kind of a throwaway, you know? I don't know. Wicked is a cover... And Wicked has Chino on it rapping. Uh, then you have Lowrider, which is another cover. But it's the Lowrider version it's of Corn. Kill you that I'm trying good. to get to. Because like you yes. recently showed me. Oh footage. yeah. You recently kill you is. That's the other side of Daddy. Daddy and then Kill You are basically sequels of the same fucking event. It's so fucking much, man. Kill You is the reactionary uh, uh, version of Daddy. It is, it is intense. And it, Looking back, I was never ever right. You and mom said, ma who always wanted me out of your sight. I would come walking in and I'd say hello, but you'd slap me across my fucking face. Dude, I mean, it is hard. And it hurt. Listen. Like, that's the next line, and it hurt. And the reason why he just did that is because this song is definitely make it on the fucking playlist, by the way. Kill you. Oh yeah. Um, this, uh, it's you almost think that he's scatting, you know? No, yeah, because it, 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 they even talk about it in the Who Then Now yeah, documentary. Yeah, that's what Monkey I was talking goes, about. That footage yeah, you hear. Monkey comes in dude. and he goes, he goes that part of the middle part of Kill You where Jonathan is going. <laughs> yeah, no, he's saying some really twisted, demented, dark ass shit, and it's real shit, and it's 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 the. Uh, it is the therapy for Jonathan Davis that is Corn. You know, Corn's first two albums is Jonathan Davis getting like getting therapy it sessions out. In. Yeah, dude. And yes. my last thought on this before I'll, I I gotta go pack a bowl and refresh my coffee. But um, my last thought is that once again, it's a prime example of how genuine the emotion is behind Jonathan Davis and what he's doing. It's, it's heavy, it's brutal, it sounds cool, it's unique, it's different. At this point in time, you've never really heard anything like it other than the other albums that you fucking heard, which was just, right. you know, you got the second album, you're just like, oh my God, I think this is my favorite fucking band. <laughs> like, here's the, here's the other thing, is, is you'll never hear, you'll never hear a metal band leave on the part where, you know, where you there's five the fucking members, there's five fucking guys in this band Plus the producer and the engineer and the sound editor. You know what I mean? You've got eight, nine people in this studio bawling their fucking eyeballs out. Yeah. On a metal album. Yeah. Just crying like like legit tears of pain. Yeah. You know what I mean? And there's footage of them, of Jonathan recording those two songs, and then the camera just panning over to the booth, and you see Head and Monkey, and they're crying in the corner, and Fieldy is trying not to look like he's crying, but you could see the tears running down his face. Even gangsters cry, dog. You know what I mean? And there's, the producers are crying. If you watch Everybody's this, bawling. If you watch this documentary, there's another part of them. Like, I can't remember what the song is, but it's on this album. Uh, it's when he finished singing, there's a dude behind him. I'm not, I'm not sure who it is, uh, but there's somebody standing behind him that like, it's almost like they got a guy prepped to come out and give him a fucking hug. 
after he does yeah. this. Like, he's doing it, and he yeah. starts just kind of sitting there and kind of cry laughing after the track. The track is over. They stop recording. He's, he's laughing out of, like, out of, like, kind of, it's this kind of, like, desperation laugh. You know what I mean? It's like it's the only thing he can do other than cry. But it's is real, kinda... <laughs> you know? And then he's got this dude that comes out from behind him and, like, that, that dude is That was head, by the way. Yeah, he comes out and he just kind of yeah, gives him it. a hug. He's like, "Dude, you're good. Like, we're good." And they walk out of the booth like, "Hey, we're all good." If you if you, you see know? him, if you see him while he's doing it, M- Monkey and Head are in the corner and they're they're holding each other, crying. And, dude, so and Head comes over to Jonathan and he hugs him, and and you get Jonathan. He's he. It's like this. Now you need to understand. Like this, this is total, not this is not Barry Manilow tears or some shit. This is dark, these are crocodile tears. These are fucked up songs, man. Like Yeah, these are real pains. Yeah. And 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 his pain is so intense that it can't help bleed into everybody else in the booth. It's, it is it is emotional and it is heavy and it will bleed onto you the way it bleeds onto them. And you can't help but go back to kill you and daddy and advance your fucking listening because if you don't, you don't understand fucking emotion in music. Look, man, I know, I know. I know that's some straight-up sociopath shit, but let's... Come on, let's talk about corn. Let's talk about corn. Let's talk about corn. Come on! It's on! Welcome back to Advanced Listening. How are you guys? Um, I am Nooch, and, and of course, across the glass, my dude Orion. Hi! You can't okay, just so, wave. It's not visual. Oh, that's right. That's right. I feel like I feel like I just he nodded yes. Yeah, I, I he nodded did. yes at a blind person recently, <laughs> and he looked. No, seriously. And he looks at his friend, and he goes, "Is he nodding at me?" <laughs> All right. Uh, my, my, welcome back. My bad. <laughs> so we're on. We're on. Follow the leader. Now, yeah. I got this album. Day it came out. Right. Yeah. And I'm looking at the track list. The first thing I always check is like the last track on a corn album, right? Because I want to see how long it is. Because Daddy and fucking Kill You were, were long fucking tracks. Yeah, dude, Kill You is like and eight then, fucking minutes. So, especially for corn who does like three, four minute songs. So, I get Follow the Leader. I turn around, I look at the back, and there are 28 tracks on this motherfucker. And I'm like, whoa! And then I realized that the first, like, 12 tracks are three seconds of silence over and over and over again. Yeah. They would, and then and the, the album starts on track 13, essentially, which was the weirdest shit ever. I never got that. Hey, do you want a fun fact? Yes. So Always. here's a fun fact. Most people, not most people, but a lot of people these days 
find their music online. Like I, for example, am a big Spotify guy. I, I use Spotify on the regular. I'm becoming an Apple guy, but that's that's not the point. If you go to Spotify and you look up Follow the Leader, all you get are the actual 14 tracks that are there. You get, Did you know that? It's on as track one? Yeah, because yeah. they re-released Follow the Leader without the 12 tracks of silence. Well, because it's, you know, kind of redundant. Obnoxious point, but, and but back silly. In the, yeah, especially if you're doing it online and you bought a fucking album. <laughs> 23 tracks of silence. track album, yeah. Um, yeah, and it's 12 tracks of three-second silence. But you know what I think else they cut out, though, is at the end of Follow the Leader, if you let the CD play for, like, 20 fucking minutes, dude. You're talking about, you're talking about the dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun. Yeah, I mean, don't get me wrong, you can find it online, but it's not on if you bought the album, say, Follow the Leader. Yeah, they used to call that the secret track. And yeah, and a lot of albums in the late 90s, early 2000s, even mid 90s, because Marilyn Manson liked that shit too, I believe. Uh, yeah, yeah, those yeah. hidden tracks where if you you could you, if you just let your CD play, and I'm back to you. Do you remember CDs, bro? If you just oh, let yeah. your fucking if you just let your CD play, then it would eventually end up on the song, like 22 minutes into the last song, and. Uh, <laughs> I love you know where there's shit, a really man. good secret track? You know where there's a really good secret track is uh, Around the Fur has an amazing secret track. That song is one of the best Deftone songs there is, and no one's ever heard it. I've actually heard that song live. They played it in Sacramento once, and it blew my tits off. And everybody in the audience just had this confused look on their face like, is this new Deftones, right? <laughs> this was man. right... This Shame was... on a motherfucker that doesn't look for the secret track in the late. If you're a motherfucker that didn't even, if you didn't know about this and you grew up in this era, like yeah, fuck shame you. on you. Shame on you. Shame on you. Where's my bell? Where's the bell? Listen, Steve. Where's Steve the bell? Steve is definitely the guy that never listened to the secret track. Oh, dude, Steve doesn't have my bell. No, he doesn't. It's cool. It's it's cool, man. I think Tristan threw it away. Say it again. No. Alright, anyway, shame on you if you didn't look for fucking... Yeah, shame tracks, on you, seriously. Steve. But, but like you were talking about, first and last track, this album you starts talk off with It's On, dude. You want to talk about a last track? The last track, My Gift to You, Fuck Me. Yeah. Do you not like My Gift to You? No, that, I do. It's, it's, that, one of, it's the ick. That opening... Uh, 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 drop with the fucking snare. They hit that snare so fucking Wait. hard. Hey, hey, Tristan, since you're so good at your job, since you're so good at your job, do you have, do you have that drop? Oh, you do.
that that dun 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 bonk that yeah. fucking snare hits so goddamn hard in that song and that whole <laughs> like, like he's that, trying to go through the fucking drum yeah like he's not hitting the top of the head of the drum he's hitting the bottom of the floor that holding up the drum from underneath <laughs> you know what i mean yeah he is trying to destroy that snare drum my gift to you is is probably my favorite song on the on that album, and it is so fucking ruthless. It, and you're right, there is an ick factor to that song. Yeah, but that song Dude, is. But there's there's so power. many other there's so many other albums. I'm looking at this, and okay, so this is my favorite Corn album. Really? This, yeah, oh yeah. Well, this is also um, this is the one that I really okay so. I started with Issues, right? 99, okay? And it was when it came out. I was into Corn and Slipknot at the same fucking time. Slipknot has got to me like a couple months earlier. So I was banging both of these hard constantly. Um, whenever I found Follow the Leader, it, I was so obsessed with the whole weird track list. The, the, the silences we were talking about. Dude, that was some weird shit, man. And then the songs, like, Freak on a Leash was popular. It was a single. So By the I, way, I, can I just say that Freak on a Leash had one of the greatest music videos that MTV has ever fucking played ever. It is creative, interesting, innovative, and different. And it lost the Video Music Award of the Year, like, the VMAs, right? Where they give yeah. out the best, best video music award right so the video aspect of it is what is, is important yeah 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 who won yeah in sync for just another average dancing video that looked oh, like the every no other... string it was the no strings attached thing where they did the puppet thing right either way it looked like every other video by a pop band where they're dancing around and then there's some dancing and then afterwards they dance a little bit and then they do that thing where they all kind of huddle up and the one guy raps for half a second and then they go back to dancing versus a goddamn video that was was illustrated by Todd McFarlane, and it it, it was a bullet's trajectory and, through and the this wheel is also... world into a cartoon world, out of the cartoon world, through the wheel world, into a void of darkness that Corn was living in, and then back through the wheel world and into a cartoon. It was and so this fucking is... original, and it lost to hey Danceathon. Ninety eight, ninety nine. Fucking drove me insane. Also... That's when I. That's when I stopped watching MTV, by the way. I was about to say, that was about, that was whenever everything started to change. In 98, 99, everybody was still trying really hard on their music videos. It's not until you get into the 2000s. And don't get me wrong, I guess people still give a shit about music videos, but I who? don't. I don't. You know who, you know who does? Ramstein. Ramstein's music videos throughout the, uh, the late 90s, early 2000s, and even today, right? Their last few albums. They have short films instead of music videos. Their fucking music videos are, are something truly different. So, yeah, no. Like, do you remember Busta Rhymes videos, too, by the way? I'm sorry, but they were always super fucking creative and, and weird. But wait, I'm looking at... Ah, I can't help it. This track oh list you. is just... The first half of this album is so much, dude. Got the Life, Dead Bodies Everywhere, Children of the Corn. There's a, you, you've also got All in the Family with Fred Durst, uh, where they come in and they rap at each other, but it's this, like, you're not quite sure if they want to fucking punch each other or fuck each other. Yeah, no, that, that whole thing, 
uh, with Fred Durst, and I, I don't want to skip straight. I, I don't want to skip straight to it, but um, uh, fuck, I'm losing my place. This I'm pumped about this track list, man. Um, All in the Family is the one with Fred Durst and and, and yeah 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 yeah. And I don't really like Fred Durst. We're not fans of Fred Durst here on Advanced Listening. No, right? no. Uh, but this, but I do this, love Three Dollar Bill, y'all. We're not having this conversation right now. Why? Limp and Corn. He says he says that significant other is trash. It is trash. It, it has good ish tracks. It's a on good it. fucking album. Eh. You're an animal. I am an animal. Now I don't mean that as a compliment. Three Dollar Bill is a spectacular album. It Savage. Has, it is a very good album. If you listen to Significant Other before you listen to Three Dollar Bill, I can see why you would think Significant Other was good. Are you it pulling the not. Are you pulling the age card on me because you got me by a few years and all this was relevant no. to you when it was happening? No, 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 because no, no, that's no, no, no. True. <laughs> that <laughs> is, is true. I got Three Dollar Bill, y'all, uh, right around the time it first came out because Corn's second album. They talk about these these guys uh, from Jacksonville that they hung out with that they like in the booklet, right? Yeah. And so I was like, who are these guys? I asked my friend Cliff. My friend Cliff's like, oh, I know who you're there talking about. And we went and we got Limp Biscuits $3 Bill Y'all album together. We listened to it. We fucking loved it. Counterfeit, pollution, sour. There are some monsters on that first album. And then Significant Other comes out and it's all for the nookie. Yeah. Ugh. Okay. I, I guess experiencing the transition, I, I will concede because for me, Significant Other was the first album. And then right. you hear you hear Three Dollar Bill and I'm like, oh, so they're a metal band. You yeah. Know? <laughs> but, okay. I can I okay. okay. Going but but you heard Three Dollar Bill, y'all, after you heard Significant Other. So I understand why you think that's a good album. But, but it is not. And it gets okay. progressively worse from there. Because now it, that yes. Yes. Chocolate starfish! Hot dog flavored water! Bring oh, it yeah. on! Oh, rolling, 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 rolling. Ladies and gentlemen, introducing the chocolate starfish and the hot dog flavored water. Yeah, you're right. They were trying to... They and, were then, now, and then they get into, like, results may vary is just atrocious. No, I don't even... Yeah. Here, I think their next your, album is called Golden Cobra, which just no. slap yourself until my <laughs> hand hurts. Okay, so wait. I thought I had good memories oh, of Golden Cobra. shut the fuck up, Steve. I know you like that album. I've seen a, it in your fuck. He has the physical copy of Golden Cobra. It's his favorite CD. He has a Golden Cobra tattoo on his leg. I know he does. By the way, he just tried to defend results may vary to me as well. No, so here's your fucking Limp Biscuit episode. That's it. It's right, over. that's, that's now, it. It's over. I, I will say Back I thought to follow that, the leader, I thought which that is what I had, Limp Biscuit uh, did. Yeah, it, it was. It was good. Now, if you listen to Follow the Leader, Back to Corn, the song All in the Family, it's really cool because it's Fred Durst and Jonathan Davis on the same track dissing the fuck out of each other. And it's really cool. You know, it's it's playful and it's fun. And But near the end, Jonathan Davis just starts screaming stuff about wanting to fuck Fred Durst and Fred, Fred Durst, Durst starts screaming like, yeah, stuff sure, about fuck me. yeah he's like screaming stuff about getting fucked by, and it's just it's it gets it gets it's weird, weird really quick really fast but but there's <laughs> another there's another appearance on this one fucking children of the corn dude yeah ice you cube. got ice cube 
Ice Cube, and then and then and then what you get following this album is one of my favorite shows that I've seen, which was uh, the Family Values Tour '98. Corn, yeah. Ramstein, Ice Cube, Limp Biscuit on their first album's tour, and a band called Orgy. By the way, I still fucking love Orgy. Y'all can kiss my ass. That band is dope as fuck. They are weird, different synth metal. I fucking love Orgy. And if you don't love Orgy, you can suck my motherfucking dick and fucking like it. All right. I love Orgy. Song's called Blue Monday. They all Um, have British accents, despite the fact that they're not from England. They're from Ohio. Whatever. (laughs) This is the way we were raised, mate. I don't don't fucking insult. Listen, this is my culture. Oh my god, that was that was a good one. That was deep. You oh got no, deep oh with no. the culture. Don't don't yeah. fuck. No no no. Do not fuck but, with me. No, but this whole this whole album is is motherfucking incredible. Dude, and then you get you get you get my first album. Wait, I don't want to gloss over the Ice Cube thing. Wait wait wait. I don't want to. I'm not done with Follow the Leader because you've okay, got okay. stuff like. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Reclaim my place. Love pretty, that one. Yeah. And Justin. I don't remember. Why don't I remember that song? God damn. Uh uh uh. God damn it. I had it in my head. The second I had it, I had it in my head. You said, "Why don't I remember that song?" And my brain goes, "Yeah, why don't I remember that song?" You cock smoker. My you bad. fucking dick knuckle. My bad. Dick knuckle. <laughs> oh, you know, I was about to light my blunt. I'm so glad I wasn't hitting my weed whenever you did that. <laughs> that would have hurt. You know when you laugh and fucking weed smoke comes out of your nose? <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, That's painful. Oh, that you ever, you ever, you ever, You ever had a bowl full of wax and, and, and someone makes you laugh and you've got wax and weed smoke coming out of your nose. Do you know how much that fucking hurts? No, hey, no, but I, have you ever had... Uh, okay, so I, I used to be super broke, and I would smoke uh, resin <laughs> out of my body. We bomb. are still super broke. No, man, we got that Elon Musk money. <laughs> yeah, but that's for the podcast. We, 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 oh, Elon, yeah, we, we don't. We're not allowed we don't, to use that for drugs. It, we and don't we do ha- that at all. We, would we never, here at Advance Listening Elon, do not condone... Stealing money from the company for drugs. Elon, we're definitely not using uh, any of your money for cocaine. <laughs> I wouldn't do that, Elon. <laughs> um, no, but, uh, fuck, what was I saying? You were, were talking about uh, Reclaim My Place, Justin, and Pretty. Yeah, or, or Seed. Actually, Seed is a really God good Goddamn. damn. No, you got me. Like some goddamn fucking freak. Oh, yeah. Like some goddamn fucking freak. There it is. I'm so lost and carefree, just like I used to be. What I'm realizing is that this is one of those albums where I did the first half more than I did the second half. So like I know I know of course I know it but I know everything up to the ninth track. Uh, I bought which this is myself, Elon. Reclaim my place. Yeah, this is no drugs in this episode are actual drugs or <laughs> been purchased by Advanced Listen. <coughs> I'm invincible. I'm a golden god. Oh Jesus. But wait, so you get. 
Focus. Please focus. I, I am so focused right now. You have no idea how focused I am. Nooch, look at my eyes. Look at my eyes. Yeah. Do you see the focus? I'm so yeah, focused. Yeah, I can. Your okay. pupils are. Okay, okay, okay. So, Justin, right? <laughs> fucking beautiful song. And he got Reclaim My Place. It's him talking about reclaiming his spot, you know, because others want to take him down. Hey, Fuck that hey, shit. Hey, Fuck. Hey, what, what, hey, what? Hit the bowl. Hit the bowl. Hit the bowl. Bring it down a notch. You're good. It's all good. Yeah, there. That's it. You better. What was I talking? What was I talking about, man? We were talking about reclaim my place. No, we were oh, talking about issues. Yeah, I got I got issues, man. <laughs> I I got that I got that CD, man. It's it's right over there. <laughs> this was uh, issues was my first corn album. Okay. Right? <laughs> and the first standout track to me was trash. God damn it. I fucking love you. Yeah, that was my favorite. I, I still think that I that's my that, favorite song. When I got this album, yeah, Trash was the obvious standout song. It to was me a as standout. Well. It's definitely not a single. If you've never dug into Korn's albums and you've never heard this song, uh, but you can find it on the Advanced Listening Season 1 playlist on Spotify. It's such a good trash. And then the next song, For You. Which yeah. is just this little ode to the audience of, of Dude, fucking is corn it just, fans. Is this their darkest album? Now, when I say darkest, I don't mean I don't mean it's definitely like I will say Jonathan Davis was a lot more into it in the first two albums, like when it came to like the brokenness and the crime and stuff like that. I think here by nineteen ninety nine he's kinda coped with his problems a little bit. He's better <laughs> at being more disciplined in the studio <laughs> and stuff, right? But as far as the overall tone of every single track on this album, is it darker? No. What it is is, I think you get this is Corn. They've 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 they're a rich rock band. They're a famous rock band. They're huge. Yeah, they're huge at this point. Yeah, at this point, fucking and you re- huge. And you really get a sense in Untouchables. You really get that sense of fucking uh, whiny rich rock band lyrics. Don't hey, don't take this away from me yet. Let's live in the moment. I know, I know. But listen. What I'm saying is, 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 is even though right now in issues, you got this huge, super rich, mega rock band, right? But you don't really hear that in the music until the next album. With issues, what I think you're doing is I think you're getting a lot of older lyrics that get repurposed. Because lyrically, an incredibly dark album. Yet, musically, not their darkest album by far. I don't know, man. Like, no, no, there are there are some considerably weirder, darker tracks on uh, uh, Life is Peachy and on fucking yeah. their first album. Well, Musically, no, lyrically, they're still as dark as those first three albums, right? And the thing that you get at the, the really, really, really obnoxious amounts of in Follow the Leader, where they do that underwater guitar, you know, yeah. that... You know what I mean? Yeah. It sounds like they're playing under guitar, uh, uh, underwater... You get a lot of that in issues as well. It, the music yeah, falling is, away from me. Yeah, is like yeah. You get a lot lighter music. It's Musically, like a, they're lighter, but the but like falling like away from me, which is this total single, except for if you read the lyrics where he's talking about just being physically abused on a daily basis, being beaten into the ground. You know what yeah. I mean? He's talking about being beaten by his parents on a daily basis, but. It doesn't feel like that if you just listen to the music. 
uh, you know what? I agree with you, and that's why Falling Away for me was a single because the music isn't as yeah. You're right. The music is nowhere near as dark as the actual message, right? But the but lyrics this, are but incredibly it's weird dark. To me, the standout songs are just fucked, and they've got that super old school corn feeling, which I'm going straight to Egg trash for me? again. You want to talk for about me. Beg for me? Hey, daddy. Hey, daddy. But beg for me, if you want to talk about a song on this album that could go on Life is Peachy, hey, uh, it, it, it's fucking beg for me. That, I, that is a retardedly heavy song for this album. Well, see, it is, and, but on the, other, on the other end of the spectrum, instead of just retardedly heavy, what, which... make which, me bad? Ugh. No, 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 Hey Daddy. Hey Daddy is like, hey, hi, Daddy. Super high level creepy man. Yeah, it is. Like and dark and and the shake in his voice and stuff. But it also Daddy. seems like one of the more controlled songs about that topic. Which I don't know, man. There. Hey, Daddy, and then the other one that goes that really those two these two songs go so well together, right? Is somebody, someone? Yeah. When you listen to those two songs, because they're stacked on top of each other on the album. Yes, yeah, they roll and right hey, into each other. Yeah, Hey Daddy and Somebody, Someone go so well together. They're yeah. almost like the it's opposite like sides right. of the same coin. You know what I mean? Like, Hey Daddy is from the kid's perspective. Somebody, Someone is from the, the adult's perspective. Yeah, and it, almost if you feel like, uh, if you ever felt like, quote, doing your homework, I would recommend doing those songs back to back. But if you do the playlist, it's, you know, it's going to be shuffled, so it probably wouldn't. I will say this, whenever you add it, uh, Orion, when you do the playlist work, make sure you add those back to back so that if they if they view it, the list in a certain order, you can at least see them. Right. So, uh, but yeah, I recommend you, that's, that's something you should do. The... Uh there are there are a couple other songs on on issues that I want to make special mention of. Well, I actually I have a question about it. A song though, I okay. want to see how you feel about it because I have a certain take, and it's weird because there was a point in time where this is my favorite song on the album at, at one point in time, but looking back, I don't know. I have mixed emotions about it. How do you feel about Let's Get This Party Started? That was the next song I was about to bring up. I yeah. fucking love that song, and it feels but, very much like. Like, okay, so if you listen to that song, right, the lyrics are, let's get this party started, right? But it's right. very much not that. You know, it's not a party song. That fucking all. Well, but the, the, but no, no, not in the, not in the class. I mean, for you and I, it would be. You know. I disagree. I think that what he's saying in, in, in that song is... I, dude, that song is punk, man. I See, I get the vibe of, like, this really dark, twisted kind of room full of addicts it's not a party and when they're saying let's get this party started it's just you and me it feels like addicts being addicts you know what i mean and it yeah. it's, it feels very lonely it feels very but dark. that but that chorus is brutal and heavy and like i would jump through layers of drywall to that chorus like, i i agree I would, I could break I my neck to that fucking course. But here's my mixed emotion about it, though. Here's where I feel on the other side is I felt like this is one of the first ones that they did that started to lean into more of a mainstream. I don't want to say mainstream vibe because Falling Away for me kind of kind of fell into that a little bit. Uh, not really, actually. I oh, think it really? only feel that way because freaking got- Alicia got the life didn't want any of that. 
I love Got the Life. I don't so look do at I. Got that the Life. That doesn't make okay. it any less you're of right. Korn's you're, version you're of right. duality and, or psychosocial. I, and I, yeah, that's kind of where I'm starting to feel about. That's where I notice it with uh, Let's Get you, This Party Started. Is I feel like it's the, trying to appeal to a larger audience. See, I disagree. I think that song is very much about a dark room. It's that party that they're talking about. It's not a party. Hey, we got some people over. We're so, gonna some good times. No, it is a. What they're saying when they say let's get this party started is it's addicts and they just want to do their drugs. It is a dark room full of lonely addicts just wanting to get this party started. Close lock the door. Let's get this party started. I want to do my drug. sense I get from that song. I, I love the throwdown vibe in the chorus and I can't it's get heavy. past that. It's intense. It's, it is intense. Like, I feel like they are gonna get the party started. Let me, Even let me, if they're just banging H, they're fucking getting it started. What about, uh, what about counting? I don't. It's one of those ones that I'm having trouble, I'm, I'm, I'm having trouble pulling it to me. Counting here. on me. Always hoping on me. Uh, yeah, dude. Yeah, 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 yeah. Never yes. I am your problem. It was... So, check this out. You gotta... We uh, we talked about when this happened. This happened to me whenever little sad, dysfunctional family fucking nooch is finding powerful emotional music. And the two bands I'm listening to right now is Slipknot, which is Yin, and Korn, which is Yang. Um, in a sense... You know, and counting, thank you for bringing that one up, uh, for little old sad, you know, angry nooch, that fucking song, dude, that is, uh, it doesn't leave the ick, but it, it can very much bring up some memories. Yeah, you know there's a I lot mean? of, uh, I, that's I, not a jam by any means, that's a no. personal song. Yeah, 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 that's you a know? headphone song. Yeah, that's a headphone song. Maybe at the gym, maybe, if you're really trying to... I don't know. It might ruin the gym vibe. I don't know. <laughs> I, I was know. That, that, chorus, that chorus is so much. The lyrics are very direct. It's not metaphorical at all, you know? No, and, it's, it's, um, it's, oh, it's everybody, everybody's counting on him. Everybody's leaning on him. Everybody's looking to him, and he's got nothing. All broken and sad. Yeah, that was a, that was a big song for me. And... Uh, you know, dirty is almost the same way, but it's it's yeah, just dirty. Jonathan Davis being Jonathan Davis. You know, dirty that's a, is that's a, a sick fucking song. That is a great closing track, and it's it's the first time they do a closing track where they're not crying. Yeah, because they cry just a little bit in my gift to you, just a little bit. Yeah, but that's they still saying. cry. Ninety nine and ninety nine. I think it's one of two things because we're about to get into a sensitive topic for me. <sighs> we're, we're moving on. You got to think about it, and I imagine it's sensitive for you too. Okay. It's did it, it, it's sense memory. Where this band came from, I'm gonna double back. Well, let's talk just briefly, like briefly footnotes. Motherfucking uh, 
self-titled. Uh, life is peachy. Follow the leader. Let's just that. Just Issues. that issues just holy shit you know it gets a little bit more tame towards issues it's a little bit more focused and for me it's very it starts getting it see but for me follow the leader is where i start hearing the tamingness of corn yeah it's there i I, now i know that you know being a guy that started there and then found out kind of where they came from and like the uneducated ear would just say oh well they were just more garage back then well, like, no, man, if you listen, it's like, and it could, I don't know what it is. It could be the money. It could be the record label. It could be that Jonathan Davis worked a lot of his shit out. You know? That's a problem. That's a problem. If you're banned based now on you're pain dealing and anger with a, and you're not n- angry and in pain. Uh-oh, Jonathan Davis is a well-adjusted adult. The same thing happened to fucking Eminem, right? By the second album, it's like, I can't rap about being broke and fucking poor anymore. I can't rap about how hard my life is because i live in a fucking mansion with an elevator you know what i mean i just gotta rap about banging your mom and doing coke i mean hey i would buy that album we did yeah i did it was called the, <laughs> it was called the eminem show i loved that album dude of course I, you did it's my last it's, it's my last good album it's the last good album for me it's eminem he's like well i can't talk about being poor i guess i'll get political <laughs> and it was good it was right good. but still it was a lot of the, like the political songs on that album feel like he's like well shit what else are going to talk about? Well, but Politics. if you think about it once again, if like, you think you about it once again, like he could have easily done shit on religion, but the but the head the coin came but up he was heads, al- and he so was he did al- politics. Instead. He was already getting chewed up because this is this is like right after he got he just got out of like three different fucking lawsuits or some dumb shit for some dumb I get shit that. some I dumb get that. shit. But did. listen, listen, it the same thing happens to Corn. By the time you get to the third album, you can't. You can't do an album about how poor and pained and lonely you are when you live in a mansion and you're a big famous rock band. Yeah. You know what you got to do? Got the life. I liked Got the Life, man. I do too. That's not my point, though. Okay. All right. <laughs> I get it. You can't. You can't do. So you can't the- do. Fuck you! Go back to Bakersfield by album three. You have to do "Got the Life" because now the you point, got the life. And the point, the point of that is because now we're moving into what I consider not just the beginning of the end, but pretty it's much the, whiny, the end. It's the it's whiny, the end. "Woe Is Us" rich rock band album. It's bad. And we're fighting because we're all mad and we're fighting. So I hate you because you. Jonathan hate me. Davis <laughs> is no longer like Ugh. that. It, the the emotion is synthetic at this point. It's yeah. not real. Here's the other thing. When Untouchables came out, I was at a really lonely time in my life, right? I was lonely. Yeah. So there's a lot of weird sense memory with this album. I noticed going through it in my homework. Yeah. That made me feel fucking lonely. You know what I mean? And it took fucking forever for me to get out of that lonely feeling. And when I was listening to the album, I realized like oh, this album is so disjointed that everybody in this band at this point, this five-member band, even when they're in a room full of each other, they're just lonely. And this used to be the band that you would watch. I watch those Who Then Now docs, and I would like, man, I want to fucking hang out with Corn. I want to be Monkey's best friend. I want to fucking hang out with Head and Fieldy and drink fucking beers and smoke weed. <laughs> you know what I mean? These guys just look like fun to hang out with. And by the time you get to Untouchables, they're just so disdain for each other you know what i mean that even yeah, in a, it, even it when seems... all five of them are in a room 
they feel lonely because they're I mean, not it, together anymore. It seemed like a really big change, but there are, for me, there's a couple songs on there that stood out because they're uh, really, I mean, there's a few. No, there's not. There's there's one that's always, I loved, it's Wake Up Hate. I'm gonna wake, wake up, up. Yeah, uh, again, uh, it's another one of those songs that feels But it's lonely. synthetic. It's synthetic. It's not real. At this point, it you you feel like it's a really really like, good well, tribute band to Corn. We gotta make a hate song. All right, I don't know. I gotta wake up hate. I gotta fuck them up. Ugh. Yeah, you're right. You're right. It's you know just, what I mean? It's a, it was a weird transition. It was a weird I, transition, and um, it's not. It didn't sit well with me. And they've got a song called like "Here to Stay." Right? And and it very much feels like they're trying to convince themselves that they're here to stay. Yeah, no, and I don't know. Or are, are, are you telling me are you telling me that are you telling me that uh I don't Are you I'm trying to convince to me? Never die. Right, like, no, but it's it's almost like they're trying to convince themselves that they're yeah, here well, to see, stay. Well see, and think about how basic the song is, okay? So it's I'm here to stay never die or whatever and then he's i'm gonna bring it down gonna bring it down gonna bring it down gonna bring it down it's a good here's the thing it's a good riff it's 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 not bad right no but if you think about it it's it's uh, just lazy lyrically yeah i mean his his passion's not there like uh think about that one that you were talking about where it's like fuck yes like i don't know like he was it was swallowed Swallowed has that fucking interlude that is just so ungoddamn believably heavy and dark. Oh! And I, I know we didn't really, we, we didn't do, we didn't count this into the homework, but I'm looking at it because I, I can easily just be done with this fucking album. Um, this, in, in the next one, take a look in the mirror, didn't Fieldy leave? It's no, like a different it, band now. Head, Head and David leave. It's just Fieldy Monkey and Jonathan at that point. I've got a lot of memories to this album because I tried to bump it. I did bump it. No, but listen, like, just real quick on, on, on Untouchables. I'm yeah, yeah, they're the it. same album to me, by the way. Take a look in the mirror and Untouchables are the same fucking album. See, I think the same way, but not about that album, but about Take a Look in the Mirror and See You on the Other Side feel like the same goddamn album to me. I did listen to that album, didn't I? See You on the Other Side has this opening track called Twisted Transistor, and it just, it's just no, so man. garbage. Yeah, you know what? It is catchy, but Twisted so is Nickelback. Yeah, exactly. It's Corn's right. Nickelback album. It is, dude. It's fucking Corn. And this is, I gave up. This is where I gave up. Because yeah, me too. Apparently, and when I'm not, we're definitely not talking about this because I'm not prepared. Everything that happened after that, I don't know anything about. 2007, there's an album called Untitled. There's Corn yeah. 3. Yeah. There's Corn, wait, that's Corn 3 again. Path of Totality. Uh, the paradigm, paradigm shift. shift. Paradigm yeah. shift. Uh, see you on the other side, and take a look in the mirrors. Where I, right where I check out of corn. Hold on, the serenity of suffering. Now, the nothing. I've never heard any of this. Now I will tell you this: I have heard nothing about the nothing, but I will say this about serenity of suffering. Yeah, that is an album that if it had came out after Follow the Leader or even before, like between Life Is Peachy and Follow the Leader. Yeah. Nobody would have thought twice. It is amazing. That is so the like, best corn album since Fall of the Leader. 
I'm gonna want to. So fucking good. It is. I'm gonna want to revisit corn. We're gonna you know have to come back to corn with the second half of the library. We have to. No, we I can't. Haven't, I can't. I haven't I can't heard do it. a lot of the second half of the library. But well, I you can. You, this. Yeah. you know what happens with Serenity of Suffering? Yeah. Uh. Because at the end of fucking uh, uh, Untouchables, you lose David. David never comes back. Although, and David talked mad shit about Corn and sued them for royalty issues. And uh, I guess recently, in the last couple of like months or so, he's tried to like reach out to every member and apologize. And he he's talked about making a, uh, a return to Corn, which is fine because their new drummer is whatever. I don't care. I don't yeah. even know the guy's name. He's He's just the drummer in Corn. He's the you know drummer I mean? of Corn, yeah. He probably tells people that at a bar. Hey, I'm the drummer Not, for Corn. And they look and at him like, and oh, they're like, cool. oh, that's cool. That's cool, man. Awesome. Do you, do you um, want me to buy you a beer? Can, can you buy me a beer? Are you rich <laughs> yeah. or something? Are you rich enough to buy me a beer? <laughs> do they I'll give you, you money? <laughs> so what happens is in Serenity of <laughs> Do they give you money? <laughs> do they give you money? <laughs> All right, I'm sorry. Go Steve. ahead, go ahead. Steve, do you get asked that at, at the bars you go out? I give him, hey, don't you worry about Steve's money, all right? No, no, Steve doesn't get money. He's a pay, unpaid intern. Anyway, Serenity of Suffering, Head comes back to the band. Okay. And you you, you know what it is? Is You get a fucking, a corn album that feels like fucking corn, not corn plus Skrillex, not corn doing a corn cover tribute. Not corn playing Nickelback's best hits. Now I also want to point something out. I like EDM a lot more than Orion does. I I enjoy a little dubstep, a little house music, a little fucking. I like that shit, man. Like especially like really heavy, grindy fucking dubstep. I like it a lot. And uh, there are a <laughs> Skrillex song or two that I'm guilty of, you know, not changing if I hear it right. But what Corn did with Skrillex, I just did did not like. I did not like it at all. I thought it, I and say, I'm not trying to hate on EDM. I like dubstep. That's my point. But I still I still thought it was trash. Can I just say that I don't dislike house trance EDM uh, jungle fucking dubstep whatever you want to call it i don't dislike it i just don't necessarily yeah, I mean, you like orgy and you like fucking chemical brothers and you like fucking i love prodigy uh, prodigy the dust yeah. brothers fucking uh, uh uh who's the other one i'm thinking of uh uh crystal method mm. crystal very method 90s, does a song with it's very 90s crystal method does a song with filter that i fucking love trip like i do oh yeah i love that song right yeah. I don't necessarily dislike EDM or whatever you want to call it, house trance, whatever. Yeah, just electric music, man. It's I all just, you know. I just don't necessarily seek it out, is all. Fair enough. Fair enough. You know but, what I mean? So, but but back to back to that Serenity of Suffering yeah. is a legitimately good corn album for the first time since the the, the end of the nineties. It is fucking heavy. It is it is bassy. It is fucking grindy. It is a lot less playing guitars underwater and a lot more chugging metally fucking guitar riffs. You know what I mean? They re-detuned their guitars again for the first time in like five albums. They're like, hey, you remember when we used to play those seven-string guitars tuned off the fucking side of the edge of the world? Yeah, let's do that again. Okay. So on the note of redoing the library, if you were to leave out the EDM albums, would you do it? You don't have to listen to any of the fucking Skrillex shit because that shit is, it's bad. So we're talking about what? Corn 2, Corn 3, See You on the Other Side, Take a Look in the Mirror, 
Serenity of Suffering and the Nothing. Yeah. I wouldn't be opposed to it. What I'd much okay. rather do is yeah. maybe do just Serenity of Suffering in the second season. I'd do that. But if we do that, you still got to do the homework. Yes. Okay. Fair, fair enough. Quick, before we get out, yeah. we brought up the Crystal Method filter song, which is on a soundtrack called the Spawn soundtrack from the Spawn movie. Right? I was, God, I was trying to figure that out. I was wanting to ask you, I'm like, what am I associating that with? You know like why I couldn't you know why I couldn't stop thinking about that Crystal Method filter song? Why? Because you know what else is on that fucking soundtrack? What? One of my favorite corn songs you'll never hear corn play live. What? Kick the PA, corn plus the Dust Brothers. Okay. It is it That's is, on the Spawn soundtrack? Yeah, it is a funky fucking jam. You should throw that on the playlist. I will. If I can okay. find it, I will absolutely okay. throw it in the playlist. It is funky, heavy, weird, in a in a, a very life is peachy kind of way. It has a very life is peachy tone and feel to it, right? Yeah. It is one of my favorite corn songs. I've never seen it live. In fact, Jonathan Davis did like a I don't know what to call it because it was like a series of concerts where he just did his solo shit. Man, I just is look. Sorry, go ahead. You're getting me on. I'm thinking about Jonathan Davis now. Go, okay, go ahead. Okay, so ahead. you remember the, the Queen of the Damned soundtrack? Yeah, there's actually... Uh, never mind. Yes, yeah, I do. I like a lot of the songs that Jonathan Davis wrote for that Queen of the Damned soundtrack. Yeah. You know what I mean? He has a, a, a Wayne Static sing one of them, and he has fucking uh, Marilyn Manson sing one of them, and he has fucking... What's his name from the fucking Lincoln Stink Band sing one of them? Yeah, come on. He has Jay Gordon from uh, Orgy sing one of them. What is that? What is that fucking band you about the ever... park? You stop it. What are they called? The screamer you, and the and the and the you nutless fucking bitch. Stop it. What, what are they? Headphone Park or something? I like that? I don't. I'm. Are they? Are they Abraham? Look, Lincoln? do you see Steve screaming it through the glass? He's like he fogging it. He's that. like. He's, He's like Lincoln, Lincoln Park. Lincoln no, it's Park. it's 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 in Lincoln Sink. You know what, man? I uh, because it's not, just not, as poppy not, and contrived. We're not gonna have this conversation why? right why? now. Why? Why? Why, Nuke? Because can. were you an angsty teen when In Lincoln Sink was sinking it up? Yes, I was. Do you maybe like you some Lincoln Sink? Yes, I do. All right. In the uh, uh, in the uh, issue of fairness and fair play, I was an angsty teen when Stained came out, and I probably liked that band way too much. Ah. <laughs> I... I want to make fun of you so bad, but I can't. You can't because it's been a while. It took it. Okay, I will say that one was not Stop one it. for you me. Loved that that song. one, no, seriously, Everybody I carry that song. I karaoke that Everybody song because I can. Everybody loved that song in '98. <laughs> okay, you're right. Um, or '99 or whenever that song came out. I don't care who you are. You fucking liar. <laughs> you liked I was watching Pantera you liked it. singing "It's Been a While." I watched Slayer well, guys. Well, think about it. Wait, 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 wait. Pause. Pause. Think oh, about how. Oh, don't get me started on the other side with with featuring Fred Durst. All he does is I'm loving those ladders. That's all he does in the whole song. He gets a feature. Dick. Um, you you also got to think about how many times Pantera guy his wife probably has left him. So like he super identifies. Well, you know. Girl. Maybe put the Budweiser down, get off your ass, quit, and do some quit. fucking housework. Stop. You're right. They don't. They can't afford Budweiser. Natty Ice. Stop. 
Steve, Steve, I, I swear to God, if you say you drink Natty Ice, I'm going to slap you. All right, okay. Tristan well, just, Tristan slapped him for me. <laughs> look, the corn, the corn library is Thank a you, lot Tristan. deeper than, I hate him. Tristan drinks arrogant bastard ale and will discuss to you the finer points of the depth of an IPA based on the year the hop was grown. I fucking love this man. He sucks. Tristan's favorite gin is my favorite gin. Whatever, dude. All right, so we're going to revisit corn. Uh, we're going to come back with some kind of stupid fucking discussion piece that won't feature anything, any work by Tristan. We're going to go back to the flip phone method that Steve was apparently recording us on before this. Tristan, Tristan during the break, told me that the only two corn albums he's familiar with are uh, the first one and Life is Peachy because those are the only two that count and the rest of them are non-canonical bullshit. And so, I kind of loved him just a little bit more for that shit. I hate you. No, you don't. <laughs> okay. Well, I'm, I'm going to go pop a Valium and drink... Water to take some anxiety medicine. My blood, my blood pressure is rising like quickly. <laughs> All right, you go do that. I'm going to talk about Orgy because Orgy was a band that uh, you know, Corn basically discovered, put them on their label, and and fucking you know got them going in life. And I I do I dig Orgy. I'm not really going to have a discussion about well, Orgy. Uh, not yet, at least. Not yet, at least. We'll, we'll do it on a different episode. I hate working with advanced listening. Takes a part of me Something lost and never seen Every time I start to believe Something's raped and taken from me From me Alright, so dude Um, update Boop. It's update time it's, it's an update. You know, we haven't had this because we haven't been going long enough to have an update. I know. Finally, but we, we had an update. Dude, we're update. 19 episodes in. This is episode You're goddamn 19. right. We're, this is the Steve Eiserman episode. Yeah, man. So, okay. So, check this I out. I fucking okay. love the Red Wings. A while back, and honestly, probably a couple times, we've had some pretty in-depth uh, drummer conversations, right? And then when we did Lamb of God, we honestly didn't talk about Adler a lot. Did you notice that? Like, I We didn't, didn't get talk about... Whole, we didn't talk about a lot of the instrumentation aspect of Lamb of God because they, there's so they, much album content. Right, but they know. also do so well as a cohesive unit. You know what I mean? So, like, there are standout update. members of Slipknot and Mudvayne, but everybody's really good in, in Lamb of God, and everybody's yeah, right. about the same level of goodness. So here's here's the thing for those that may I don't know if you're new to it or whatever, but the story goes, and this is factual, by the way. But here's the update. Story goes, Chris Adler, who is the career-long drummer, the only fucking drummer, uh, of Lamb of God, Who takes injured. away the sins of shitty metal, happy are thee who is called to their mosh pit, but they truly will have eternal he- neck pains from headbanging. Amen. Ah, metal. Okay. Um, 
So he that ended is, up leaving. That is the official Lamb of God prayer, by the way. I love it. It's, it's official, and I like it. I like official things. So officially, Chris Adler ended up leaving the band. I guess on a, we, it wasn't announced, but it was more of a hiatus. Uh, because of because an accident. Was, yeah, he was injured in an accident. And uh, he couldn't, probably just couldn't do what he does, right? Um, so recently, they've released a new album with a new drummer. And I was a little emotional about it because, to be real, I'm not going to front. I don't know anything about Art Cruz. Well, I didn't. I didn't know much about Art Cruz. Who is the new drummer for Lamb of God? So here's the update part. Chris Adler apparently tried to rejoin the band. Ooh, drums. Drum stuff. So Adler tried to come back, and believe it or not, they ended up, I don't know how the conversation went, but he is officially not their drummer anymore. They have chosen (laughs) to go with Art Cruz. And it's they're not trying to be bitter about it because uh, what is, I cannot remember his name, the other guitarist for... Lamb of God that's not Willie Adler. It, the I, other guy? I cannot remember his name. If, if you find it, let me know. But his name is the other guy. The other guy, he, him and Chris Adler have been friends since they were like 16. <laughs> you know what I mean? They've grown up together. And he said in an interview, and this is not a direct quote, this is a, a roundabout. Um, he said in an interview that it's, he, it's not a dig. It's not meant to be a dig at Chris Adler. But with Art Cruz, it's really organic. Where Chris Adler, believe it or not, every time they're live... He plays to a click, so the you're songs about, are. You talking about Matt Connor? Is that it? Well, I'm looking at there's the well Matt Connor. No, oh. Abe Spear. No, was the guitar, and then you got Chris Adler, Willie Adler, Art no. Cruz, no. Mark Martin. That one, Mark. I oh, think. you're talking about the lead Mark, guitar. Mark Morton. Mark Morton. Mark Morton. Yeah. So Mark Morton and thank you, Mark Morton. I, I went through every guitarist they had, man, and Mark Morton was the last one. <laughs> Mark Morton and Adler have been friends for a long time, and he was just like, "Well, Adler is really mechanical, dude." So for the longest time, the band was playing live, and they were more or less like just playing the same track. They were playing the album, you know what I mean? Because there wasn't organic. He played to a click, and they started playing with Art Cruz, and he doesn't play to a click. Uh, eventually, they got away from it completely. By a click, and, you mean a metronome? Yeah, like a metronome. Uh, it's it's meant to keep time. And what happens when you do that is you get onto this mechanical level that is strictly robotic, dude. And Art Cruz got away from that, and the band uh, said, and this is sad to hear because I love Chris Adler, dude. Is like for the first time they're playing, or not for the first time, but for the first time in a long time, they're playing music together as opposed to just playing the songs. I like, I like, well, I like that they're at a point now where they feel like, okay, we're playing music together again. We're not just like replaying our songs again. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's and unfortunate it's- that Chris Adler is so metronomic that he, did I just make up a word, by the way? Yeah, you did, but it's good. We feel you. The advanced uh, listening audience doesn't know words with more than two syllables. We're, that's I didn't true. Mean that. because it's, not, it's not a dig. It's just No one has figured out what a fink is. And I've been calling you guys finks for like three fucking get, episodes. We're going to get so many emails. Oh, anyway, go ahead. You horrible gutter trash humans. Anyway, he's so, he's such a, you know, he's so metronomic that for them to get away from that and have somebody who's a little more improvisational and 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 enjoy music again that's awesome to hear it's just unfortunate that chris adler can't be a part of lamb of god because of the new direction 
Yeah. You know what I mean? And, but see, here's the thing. As apprehensive uh, as I was, there's a video on YouTube that I, I made Orion take a peek at. It's a Lamb of God quarantine session because of all this COVID shit. And you really got to get to see Art Cruz doing his thing. And I'm not, I don't know, man. You can you can see how organic it is when he plays. You know, the dude is having fun. Willie Adler uh, is having a lot of fun. Yeah, Fucking, the old man is in his studio. Yeah, the the bass player uh, John Campbell, I think, is is having a great. They're he's, all having he's, fun. He's so old. He, that dude was old in '98. Dude, but he's so fucking metal, he was, man. Like, he was 80 years old 20 I mean, years base, ago. He's the bass player for Lamb of God, bro. He has an you know? actual study, the way that like your grandparents have a study, right? And you, I just, I know that he's in the study uh, during this quarantine video, and he's got the the the, the bass is plugged in to his headphones so only he can hear it right because he doesn't want to disturb his older wife and and all you hear is him going click 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 you know what i mean because the bass is running through the fucking headphones and shit so he doesn't disturb anybody you know what i mean i love that out of all the other in that quarantine like you can hear birds chirping in the background all the other uh uh, members of the band. Mark Morton looks like he's in his attic in like his jam room. Uh, Willie Adler li- looks like he's in a closet. No, that's fucking. No. Brandy looks like he's in a closet. Yeah, Randy. Yeah, Randy Blythe is is in a fucking closet. It looks like his kid's closet or something. He's like in this dark hole with his microphone. And like uh, Willie Adler's in this super high tech looking studio where he's recording everything. It's like the hub for it all. And then fucking. Uh, 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 Art, Art looks Cruz, like he's in a goddamn a, a multi million dollar studio. You know, like. I actually think he's in a, a tough shed in his backyard that has multiple millions of dollars worth of soundproofing and editing and sounding Dude, equipment. His interior designer for that shed, you just so casually called it, works for NASA. Yeah, like, no, no doubt. No doubt millions of dollars were spent on a tough shed, but it, it, it's still a tough shed. But so that's the update on Lamb of God. So I can't wait to listen to the new album. I know you, I think you have, right? Have you done the whole thing? Yes. See, yes. I haven't done it yet. There is some it. really good shit on that new album. That new album is heavy, head-banging, motherfucking and, material. Can I can I can I just add insult to injury on on uh, my longtime favorite drummer uh, Chris Adler? He's in a new project and I can't remember the name of it for the life of me. Um, but good lord, it's hot garbage. It is so fucking womp, bad, womp. man. It is uh, it's one of those things where the vocalist. It sounds like, dude. It sounds like a bad. You said this. I think you said this. It sounds like sounds a bad like a version bad... of Judas Priest. Yeah, I was just gonna say that. It just sounds like a bad Judas Priest cover band and and the lyrics are so on the nose he's just talking about how like we gotta rise up and fight the government y'all everybody needs to stay alive like taxes are bad and corporations will fuck you we don't like the government it's really bad it's so (laughs) fucking bad why does the California government make me pay so much taxes and I'm even gonna say this the drums if if I didn't tell you it was Chris Adler you wouldn't know it nah That's unfortunate to say the so, least. It's sad, dude. And so, so that's my here's update the thing. on my favorite drummer. So my, I, I, I went and surprised my wife uh, uh, at her work the other day. And uh, <laughs> she, t- she had a surprise for me, oddly enough, right? She goes, so I got tickets to go see Lamb of God and Megadeth in August. And I'm like, woohoo! No thought of you know, COVID or anything like that. Nothing. I'm just like, woohoo, go 
go see Lamb of God. It takes away the sins of shitty metal. Happy of you. Called to their mosh pit. But they oh. truly have eternal neck pains from headbanging. Anyway, then she drops the fucking uh, floor out from underneath me and tells me, yeah, August 2021, asshole. <laughs> <laughs> but it got me thinking. Yeah. What are fucking metal concerts going to look like? Because... How do you socially distance in a mosh pit? Well, first of all, if social distancing is still a practice when that happens, there probably won't be a floor. How do you do that, though? I mean, you have to. Do you want to go see the fucking band or not? Because that's really what it comes down to. I hate to be a dick about it. I don't agree with it. Let me make that loud and clear. Um, If you're willing to risk the biscuit, then roll up you know what i mean fuck like i don't know if i would at this point you know but i say if we want to go fucking little mosh little mosh but i don't at the same i don't know dude it depends on if it's still a practice or not they might take away the floor altogether for the next couple of years i hate to say it but it's I, possible. I, you know what i i'm not disagreeing with you and it, 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 as an old man with war wounds i don't go onto the floor anymore anyway my back hurts I got a floor whore. I That's am. fine. I, I I put me in a nice comfy seat where I can smoke weed and head bang. That's but all. I'm down I, with that too, dude. I'm down with that too. You know, like you and I had a Montmartre. Most of the concert, it was just me and you fucking throwing down in the seats. But there was that moment where I was like, all right, bro, I'll be back because we bought VIP tickets, so of course I can go to the floor. Fuck you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so I went down to the floor and threw it down and moshed for just a second, got some up close pictures of the stage, and then came wow. back and sat down and got drunk. While he went down to the floor, I sat down and smoked a joint, and my aching, aching back was soothed by the comfort of my seat. In the casino, by the way. Yeah, it was actually a comfy seat. It was, you know what? But here's the thing. My whole point being, as I'm not young, I don't go onto the floor anymore. My back hurts. But I have a real tough time with the idea of no moshing at a fucking metal show. I mean... There's a place in the Bay Area called. I would end up, dude. I would literally like end up like reaching over and like while I'm throwing down in my seat, like slapping the person next to me. You know, like, come on, do you feel it? Do you fucking feel it? I did that to you multiple times. I mean, and I did it to the guy next to me. Yeah, (laughs) that dude, that dude that was sitting down at the end of the row. There weren't many people in our VIP seats. Oh, oh, the guy who. I kept I know. running down there to him and just like headbanging in his fucking there was, face. There was, there was, there was one point there in the opening acts where this guy was, clearly this was his song. Clearly. He knew every word. He knew dude. every lyric, every, every word, every guitar slide, every break, knew it by heart. And this he was, didn't move a lot. He sat down the whole time. You know? Clearly this was his jam though, right? And Nooch is like, dude, this is his song. And we reckon like, yeah, dude, get it, get it. This is your jam. You're fucking... You're getting it, right? We're getting it with you. Right. We were having a lot more fun watching him enjoy this song than we were enjoying the song. Fast forward to later on in the night and the main act comes out. Amon Amarth comes out, right? Halfway through the Amon Amarth set, Nooch looks at me and goes, Oh, these are all your songs, huh? You are like that guy was with that one song with every single song they've played. And I'm like, yep, this is my band. I fucking love that band live. I I made that guy party with us. Yeah, it was cool. It was was obnoxious, but he was, you could tell he was into it. Because, like, whenever we left, he fist bumped us and stuff. So I know I might have got on his nerves. But every now and then, I would just sprint down the aisle over to his seat and just be like, Oh, my God! 
He was into it. It, it worked. He didn't punch me in the face, so it, it worked out. But no, you're right, dude. Things things are probably going to change, and and depending on how they change, it might, especially for metal, uh, specifically, it might it might suffer. You know what right. I mean? Right. You it could might. do you could do a a, a a concert like highly suspect or Chevelle or you know. I I I just. <laughs> If I go to Lamb of God and, I, and I'm not in the pit, hell, you could do I, Tool I without a fucking. The, well, yeah, no, I actually recommend Tool in the seats, bro. I recommend Tool, right. Like lower nosebleed, like not the expensive seats, not the and nosebleeds, mushrooms, right, and some mushrooms right in the middle. And and if you can, looking at the stage, like stage left or right, it's fine. But if you can look dead at it, like in the low, low part of the nosebleeds, like the better nosebleeds, that's how you do Tool. Tool though, but Tool like like it. But with metal bands specifically, yeah, you got to be there. It's a part of it. And like I was saying, dude, if I don't get to experience the Wall of Death at Lamb of God or Hatebreed or Slipknot, I goddamn well better see it. Yeah, I've seen it. I've seen but it. But at, at the same time, I'm, I've I'm seen on the bus it. of respecting social distancing. You know what I've, I mean? I'm I've on seen that, that, that Wall side. of Death performed by bands that have no goddamn business performing that song, that fucking Wall of Death. Dude, you know how they could do it? You know how we could do it? You know how we could do it? Hmm. It would take a huge investment, and it would never actually happen. I'm just theoretically, if everybody put on an actual gas mask instead of a mask, because a gas mask is designed to not restrict your breathing that much, uh-huh. right? So you have can, you ever you worn can, a gas mask? Uh, yeah, but I, I smoke weed through it though. No, I mean like a real gas mask. I mean it's a real gas mask. No, 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 Nooch. I mean with hey, the I'll, with you the chart. Hey, you want me to listen, go get it? Listen, listen. You want me to go? You, you ever been in a gas? Cha- you ever been in a gas chamber? Do you want me to go get the mask? Have you ever been in a gas chamber? No. I have. No. Okay. Well, then maybe not a gas mask. With okay. this shit I called see, CS, I see. this shit called CS gas, right? I see what you're stepping. At. Now, if you think a gas mask is gonna protect you, you are right. But that shit sucks. But could you imagine moshing with like a fucking your, bandana over your face? Your, your, your whole face would be sweaty as fuck. It gets so hot in there. And then where the gas mask presses along your face has to be an airtight seal. Oh, yeah. Right? right. Yeah. So right. it's no. uncomfortable as fuck. Okay, so look, it's, it's a bad idea on paper. I was just saying. By the way. Yeah. I don't recommend going into a gas chamber with CS gas, which is a tamer form of tear gas, by the way. Oh, imagine that. Orion, hey, Orion, you don't recommend getting gas? No, no, All right. no, no. Hey, well, no. write that down, ladies and gentlemen. That's, that's, uh, that's, uh, advanced knowledge. Don't <laughs> get gassed. <laughs> so do you have any corn concert stories you want to tell? I've never seen corn live, so. I, I have seen corn live m- many times. Yeah. Many times. Um, I want to think, okay. Here's a corn concert story, sort of. It's okay. more of a bush concert story. Well, okay. So corn plays Woodstock '99. Yeah. It, the first evening, right? And me and my buddy want to see this, so we get up to the front of the main stage, and corn plays, and we're like, woohoo! And then Bush is playing next, and somehow we get stuck in this heard of 20 year old girl we were like 18 17 18 right heard of like 22 to 28 year old girls women who want to see bush 
We're the only fucking dudes in the front. I look around. There's like nothing but chicks for miles around, right? So much so that when Bush starts playing, the uh, 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 the bassist like pointed at us and recognized us as the only swinging Johnsons in a sea of giners. That's awesome. Right? But like seriously, we tried to get out because we wanted to go do drugs and we couldn't. We were stuck in this sea of chicks. And then we ended up like meeting these two girls and then we went to the fucking, there's this rave tent thing in a barn and we ended up going back to the rave and like doing drugs for a large of part of the evening the with these chicks. Rave tent in a barn. Ow! Of course. Ow! What, what good concert, hey, yo, is, are you still, I saw you, I, I saw that. stubbed my fucking toe, something fierce. Well, you're not supposed to be kicking around in your new fancy high-tech desk, Orion. But it's more of a Bush. Now, that being said, I like Bush, and they played a really good set. This is 99, right? So this was still when Bush was good-ish. You know what I mean? Yeah. I like, I'm sorry I like Bush. I like their first two Dude, albums. There's nothing wrong with it. They're just, they're one of those bands to me that fall into, they're not super identifiable to me. If you were to tell me that song is Bush, I'm like, yeah, fuck yeah it is. Of course it is. But like right now I'm coming up blank. Okay, so like, Bush very much feels like a British version of like a, a Creed, right? That could have very much gone the same direction Creed went, but didn't. Went into a wall? Well, uh, yeah. But I mean like, you know, just becoming lamer and lamer and lamer and lamer. Because I like the first Creed album is not bad. My Own Prison is not a bad album. There's some good stuff on there. Yeah, it's not a great album. On, there's a good stuff on Human Clay. It's not great. It's no, not nothing, great. Nothing they've ever done is great. But it's not bad. It's not as bad as, say, uh, Fair enough. Fair enough. Well, see, the, I think I think that doing that vocal style after the, the mid-90s is cheating. Because I think the worst vocalist can do that and sound decent. Anybody can do that and sound especially decent. If you pro- especially if you process it a little bit. Like, I used to make fun of Metallica as a kid, but what I didn't realize is that making fun of Metallica will teach you how to sing Metallica. Yeah, that's true. It's true. But, like, but with Bush, you've got songs like Mouth, uh, uh, off oh, the second album. Oh, see? See, I told you. Told you if you did that, I fucking love that song, dude. Right, it's a good I song. I love that song. You've got like glycerin, alien off sixteen stones, fucking uh, the I, I weirdest little like song. I, I want to act like I come down, like little things. I don't want to come back down from this. From this right? That's a good song, dude. Taking it all this, all Fuck, this you're right. time. I love Bush. You you're do right. love Bush. You I just love didn't Bush. know it. Yeah, I didn't know it. I love. You know, Bush. like Every- like. Little things and come down and fucking uh uh, uh yeah, dude all the little things and then what's the one what's their their first big hit something about oh fly to Los Angeles find my asshole brother, oh, brother. yeah should I some some try to find another lover there's no sex in your violence right I'm saying. First two Bush albums are really Wait, good. Wh- why are we talking about Bush? How do we even? I, I don't know. Because okay. I saw Bush live once at the show. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. But Dude. yeah, like I like Bush. I I do. Granted, after the second album, they start to lose me a little bit. They get a little bit not weirder, just kind of softer. 
You know what you just did to me, and I should almost count it. I should almost goddamn count it. You don't get an earworm today, because I'm going to end this. When we get done here, I'm going to start jamming some no. bush. No, 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 Actually, no, no. Hey, Tristan. No, no, hey. Do you hey, want to redeem? Stop. Put, put some bush stop. on. Shut just the a little fuck bit. up. Listen to don't that. Don't do it. Do not take my earworm away from me, Tristan. You know what? I see what you're doing. Because you know what I was going to pick as an earworm and in an attempt okay. to subvent and circumvent my goodness, you're like, no, you should just have to do Bush. Bush is what you get now, bitch. <laughs> do, you, hey, do you have an earworm? Fuck yeah, I do, and it's not Bush, unfortunately. Yeah, okay, we're giving Orion two ear Because you, you earwormed me. It's official. I'm like, dude, I got a jam. I got a jam No, no, Bush. no, that's your earworm. No, fuck if that. If you want to do it. Fuck I had you. an earworm. All right, what is it? Orgy! Orgy? Yeah, you already mentioned Orgy today. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You, we've talked about this before. Listen, this is a really weird synth emo metal band, right? It, and, and it comes out, it's, they're, they're also a little more be before their time, right? Because there's a bunch of like weird synth emo, My Chemical Romance, fucking uh, uh, Bullet for Your Valentine style bands, right? But these guys were like six years before all them. Five years before all them, right? They, they're the, uh, uh, for me, they're like, when you, when you mention Orgy, I just think of all those other bands. Not to dilute Orgy, but like fucking Chemical Brothers and Crystal Method and Prodigy. Like those, those weird 90s, mid 90s, late 90s fucking techno style, rock metal style. Well, they're synth metal. But it's still it's, what's cool it's not about techno. It, it's, it's not techno metal or like EDM metal. Like, but it's like intense. You're thinking. It's intense. Yeah, it's this weird like, and it's super hypersexual too, right? There's a lot of innuendo. There's a lot of like sexuality. Prodigy did in, a lot of that. You know what I mean? There's there's a lot of that like, you know, hypersexuality to their music. Because they're a band called fucking Orgy. And if you think that you're not going to get some X-rated shit from a band called Orgy, you're retarded and not paying attention. Fair enough. But specifically, a couple of songs off their second album, Vapor Transmission. EVA, or Eva, right? Which is, again, just this really groovy synth metal fucking emo shit, right? And then there's another one called Recreation, which is about, like, the idea of, of creating or recreating a new religion. Okay. You know what I mean? It's, 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 it's the idea of like, okay, we're going to take an existing religion and kind of repurpose and recreate it to suit our needs. Because at the time when this album comes out, there's a lot of just like ignorant dummies being led around by, you know, televangelists. All right. I dig it. I dig it. I got, I got one. Can I, can I tell you? Do you want it? I want it. Okay, cool. Give it. It's a oh, it's a it's it a band. Me. It is a really underground band uh called One Minute Silence. And I I that's, fucking love this band. That's a profound name. I love Well, see, what's really cool, it's really funny that you look, One Minute Silence is uh actually the dude that writes the lyrics of uh, the frontman for him he's got like a uh, some kind of degree in psychology or some shit like that and like i don't know he's like a really he's a really smart guy is what i'm getting at but uh and uh there's two songs i mean i, hey, I want to listen smart. to all of it okay afredo okay <laughs> i want i want you to listen Sorry. to a lot I'm of it smart. But, 
Stop it. That's, that's Steve's looking at me in the booth. He's like, are you making fun of me? Yes, Fredo. I'm smart. Go ahead. Uh, one of the songs is called Holy Man. And um, it's, I don't know, it's really good. But it's like, it's almost more of a, I don't know, fuck. I don't even know how to explain it. I just know that it's it's incredible. The other ones that I would drop is, I think it's called 16 Stone Pig. By the way, they're very British. <laughs> Oh, they sound British. They're incredibly British. Um, well, the second you said 16 Stone, because that's like a... It's the same thing. The Bush has an album called 16 Stone, and everybody thinks it's about, you know, 16 stones. But no, no it's, it's, a it's a weight. Yeah, it's a weight. It's called The song's called, it's called 16 Stone Pig, and it's so fucking out of the box and experimental and still brutal and it builds a mood and it's really intense like honestly i could probably take that song to the gym and throw it on repeat and like end up being fucking super weird short buff guy interesting so yeah no that that's 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 mine that's mine uh i want to find a couple songs on i don't know if it's on spotify though that's the Hmm. part that worries me well here's the thing i got a bonus earworm for you the meat puppets their second album, yeah. like, I recently started listening to it again. It's the one that, it's the Meat Puppet second album is the album that Nirvana covers like two or three songs off of in the Unplugged album. Yeah. Do you know what I'm talking about? Which is a great, of course I do, because he even tells right. you it's a Meat Puppet song when he gets done. Yeah, 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 yeah. But, like, so I watched, like, the Nirvana Unplugged, like, watched it recently, right? And I was like, oh, yeah, and then went back and started listening to the Meat Puppets, and I forgot, the Meat Puppets were really fucking crazy, weird, and good. Okay. <laughs> hey, I Like, got... crazy weird. I think I've got it. Yeah, I do. Yeah, One Minute Silence is on uh, Spotify. I just don't know if the songs I'm looking for would be on Spotify. So. I got you. All right. No, well, well, yeah, we'll add those in, dude. These are good earworms. I like it because they're outside yeah, of check our, it out. our box a little bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I'm a huge, I'm a huge Orgy fan. I saw them live. They're just they play really clean live, right? And I don't know. The kind of guy that would be ooh, that's gay. You like that band? Is the kind of guy I want to kind of like piss off by playing Orgy around him all the time. And- I, I used to fucking be that Steve, guy. I, wrangle the goddamn dogs! You got one fucking job. I I'm swear sorry, to Steve. Christ. I'm sorry, dude. I'm sorry. I swear to Christ. I got Steve's back. All right. Well, he doesn't um, have mine. So any, anything anything you want to add on corn before we Steve? Come on, man. Anything dogs. I want to add on corn? Yeah, yeah, I'm kind of... I'm kind of curious to... Uh, 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 to listen to that that album that came out, the Nothing that came out in 2019, yeah, because I I really really do hope it's a continuation of what they were doing on Suffer of Serenity or Serenity of Suffering, because I like that album. I think it's a heavy fucking heavy good corn album. So I'm almost I almost got like like you know I'm excited. I'm I'm gonna actually I think that's what I'm gonna end up doing after we're done recording here today and everybody gets the fuck out of my house is I'm gonna um. Use this giant, giant stereo system that Elon paid for to listen to the nothing. All right. Actually, I want you to keep me updated on that. 
Um, so one more thing, one more thing I want to drop before we bounce. I at least want to mention it. I was going to try to go into a whole thing, but it's, it's pretty easy to sum up. We are approaching the end of season one. Uh, as you've noticed, there's been some kind of dramatic changes when it comes to the audio quality. And, uh, we've only got a couple bands left and we're going to start doing season two. Season two, the format's going to change a little bit, but I think you guys, I think you guys will like it. Uh, listen, we'll be able listen, to get, it doesn't matter. We'll never you guys be able can to get go fuck yourselves. No. You, this is what you get now because you have we. It is decided. You'll love it. I don't care if they love it. They'll they don't matter. Love it. Tristan and I agree that they you don't and matter. Tristan can fucking go camp on island. Go fuck yourself. Oh. And you know what? And you know what? We would barbecue tri tip and drink arrogant bastard ales and laugh at you peasants. Fuck me and and, the, and you know what else? By the way. The reason uh, the reason me and Tristan get get along so well is because the two of us sat here for about an hour trying to come up with more eclectic and interesting way of calling you fucks peasants. Wow, uh, what a waste of time! You are the untouchables who refuse to advance your listening. <laughs> <laughs> 